Life's greatest questions have always been, who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? You are about to hear one of the most significant messages given to us by the Cult of Touchy podcast network. survivors, readers and fanatics and welcome back to your one source of relief in the blasted hellscape of the post-apocalyptic wasteland you call home. Talk until the joy is gone. My name is Rooney, the wasteland messiah you didn't know you needed and mankind's last best hope for the future. And here with me, a glow-in-the-dark counter to my radiant self, is the beast that lurks in the heart of the worst rad zones, the man the super mutants call king. Reggie? <laughs> Uh, right, there's there's a there's a there's a method to this madness. Right? You, you just doubled down on references I don't know. Right? <laughs> that wasn't intentional. <laughs> I there was a song that was playing the other day, and I was like, oh, that really sounds like this, that song that they play in the some of the Fallout trailers. All right. So I looked it up, and it's called "I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire" by the Ink Spots right. from like 1943 or something. Okay. Um, and I was like, that's got to be out of copyright by now. I'm going to download me a copy of that. So I did. I went and got a copy of it. <laughs> like you care. Like I care anyway. Um, welcome to 2023. Everyone's a fucking Jack Sparrow these days. Um, so I went and I got a copy and I've listened to it several times. And I was listening to it whilst I was writing my notes. And it just reminds me of Fallout. Okay. So, I, yeah, my, my intro makes a whole bunch of Fallout references that well, Amy will get them. And Will will probably get them. Fingers crossed those two enjoy it. Fingers crossed those two people that got those references enjoys fingers, them. Fingers crossed Amy actually bothers to listen. <laughs> she hears snippets of it. Yeah. Every so often I'll say, oh, yeah, we were talking about it. She's like, I know. She's like, I was upstairs and I heard that bit. <laughs> I heard you making fun of me again. <laughs> again. She deserves it. It's fine. It's fine. She deserves it. She deserves it. Because she didn't get out of bed early enough for you to Because she get didn't to get out of bed uh, out early enough yesterday. So I was all discoloriated all day at Invasion Colchester. And then tried to convince everybody it was your fault. Uh, yeah, and then she's like in the chat, no, no, we were up. He just overslept. And it's like, well, okay, I set my alarm slightly later than normal because I couldn't be bothered. But I was actually awake at 7 o'clock yesterday morning, which was like an hour and a half before my alarm was set. How was Invasion? It was very good, actually, yeah. It was weird because like normally I'm there at least an hour before the event starts and I've, I've got a group of people that I'm organising and I'm setting shit up. This time, I was the only one from our group, aside from like Amy and Cody, who weren't actually in costume, I was the only one from our group there. Everyone else was with other groups, so I basically just rocked up, was like, hey guys, and hung out for the day, running somebody else's stall for them. Cool. <laughs> Which was weird. Well, technically, I am part of the same group. The UK Ghostbusters were there. Yeah. Uh, and they put all of us Ghostbusters together. They moved us into, like, the, the central location this time. Oh, okay. So we were right in the main square. Uh, yeah, that must have made you so happy. No, it just meant I was hella busy. Centre of attention all day long. We had, we had uh, both Ectos, like the, the Classic 84 and then the, the shit one. Uh, we had, like, a whole bunch of stuff set up. We had a, uh, a containment unit, a big backdrop of the firehouse fucking stay puffed on top of a building um and there was about god there was probably like 15 16 of us there all ghostbusters all ghostbusters um the, this it shocks me that like having had the conversation last week where you're like i don't want to do star trek it's not eye-catching enough i don't get enough attention <laughs> it it boggles my mind that you would be one of 16 like would you not want to be 
I was the only one in the Essex Blacks, though. Because oh, our flight suit is black. Yeah, Everybody but, else was in the brown. But that's, yeah. So you, you're not even screen accurate. So. No, I know. And uh, Right. I like this. This made my day yesterday. This guy there who I've only ever met like twice. And that's only at Invasion. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the UKGBs. He's a lovely guy. He's about like three or four foot taller than us. Really? So he's fucking like huge. So he's like Igor. Yeah, yeah, basically. He is fucking enormous. He's a lovely guy. And uh, we were chatting to him last year. And one of our guys came up with the idea of using a drop leg pistol holster to put our PKE meters in. Right. Rather than have another thing added to our belt getting in the way and stopping you to sit down. Uh, (laughs) And I was wearing it last year. And the guy was all like, oh, like, oh, that's nice. I rocked up yesterday morning and he was like, I have a confession to make. I was like, what? And he turned around and he was like, I stole your idea. He was like, I liked it so much that when I got home after last year, I ordered one immediately. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. You've made my day. (laughs) And these are obviously like a a screen accurate, the UKGB are a screen accurate group. And there's like one of their guys just like, yeah, no, I stole this because it's a really good idea. And I'm like, yeah, you know, a pretty big deal. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Don't know how you're on patting yourself on the back, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's not. My shoulders aren't sore from carrying the proton pack all yeah, day. It's just the so I'm constantly reaching around to pat myself on the back, mate. <laughs> I stole someone else's idea and then someone stole it from me. That yeah. makes me important. And they've now decided it was my idea. There you go. <laughs> Look, I'm British. It's what we do. Yeah, we go just... places, we steal ideas, and then claim them as our own. Uh, fair enough. You we're we're talking to you, British Museum. Yeah. <laughs> At British Museum. <laughs> So, like, you still haven't answered my question of how you managed to go an entire day, like, being one of 16 and not being the standout. If, I don't know, actually. Yeah. It was pretty, it, it was a very relaxed day for me. Normally, these events are pretty stressful because I'm, like, out there constantly being hounded for pictures. But this time, I was just like, no, I'm going to take a step back. Oh, really? I'm do my thing. I was like, I'm really fucking tired. <laughs> if I, I was like, if there's traffic, we're turning around and coming back. If it's raining, we're turning around and coming back. If it gets too hot on the way there, we'll turn around and coming back. I'm sure. I was yeah. kind of looking for excuses to come home. I'm sure all your cosplaying friends are like, oh, you really wanted to hang out with us. And now they hear that you're just like, it was really nice. It was really nice to catch I just up. Couldn't some... find an excuse not to come. Really. <laughs> there were there were several people there that I haven't seen since last year or even longer ago. There was a guy come down from Manchester who I haven't seen in probably a decade. Okay. Um, so it was really nice catching up with people. My mate Lee, shout out Lee with his baby who's like fucking six months old or something. He was there in full kit with his proton pack on his own with his child. And okay. I was like, are you insane? He's like, no, no, it's fine. He's really, he's totally chill and, and relaxed. Yeah, because a six-month old like, should be out in the elements all day long. It's fine. We're not, the same with Cody. I'm not judging your friend, but you know, <laughs> just saying, I may have left the kid at home. Well, I said that, or I would have brought his mum, because that's what I did mm. when we went with, with Cody. There was always like two of us there, so we could uh, like juggled the child back and forth but no lee was just like no no i got this and yeah he was there for most of the day just him and the baby baby just had a great time if you noticed <laughs> i'm really quick to judge you but anybody else i'm like i don't want to offend don't want to judge them <laughs> so how comes cody hasn't got his own like junior ghostbuster out oh, there? he has oh, but he didn't worry yesterday. no because he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want to hang around and how he comes amy off. doesn't cosplay anymore of them so what actually happened after that <laughs> was I said did she grow out of it and he nodded yeah yeah, yeah. I absolutely didn't yeah, she I can't confirm or deny 
Yeah. Be fair, like the last few years, they go off and go like exploring around Colchester. Yeah. Yesterday, they went ghost hunting. They went ghost hunting. Yeah, because she was googling like haunted places in Colchester, and there's a fuck ton of them. Yeah. Uh, so they went to a whole bunch of them, all the ones you didn't have to pay to go in. Yeah. And they're there, and there's my child. Like the day before, oh, mummy, I don't want to do ghost hunting stuff. I don't want to go looking for ghosts. Until they got there, when he takes the EMF meter off of her, and it's just like, I'm gonna go and look for ghosts over here. What about in this hole? Is there a ghost in this hole? And he's just like, oh, I've been behind this wall. There might be a ghost here. And he just like spent an hour roaming around these ruins looking for ghosts. He got there. He was like, oh, no, Dad's embarrassing me again. Quick, where can I go? <laughs> <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> Give me an EMF. Get me as far away from that man as possible. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it was, it, was a, it, was, it was a good fun day. I was absolutely exhausted by the time I got back. And as I said to you before yeah. we started recording today, there were several bits of this film I had to go back and look up afterwards because my okay. brain kept... It wasn't my eyes were going out of focus. My brain kept going out of focus. It's just like, I was like, this will be good. It's a pretty simple film. It's only like 86 minutes long. I offered a, I offered a, a thankful <laughs> prayer up to the film gods yeah. when I saw it was only an hour and 28 minutes. Yeah. I was like, yes. That's, why, that's <laughs> one of the reasons I chose it. Because <laughs> yeah, if anybody hasn't noticed, I haven't seen this film before. Well, I hadn't seen it before last no. night when I watched it. It's the first time I've seen it because... And at this point, he's probably only seen half of it. <laughs> I probably only remember half of yeah. it. I'm reading back from my notes today. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that happens. <laughs> I don't have many notes, but that's because I was half asleep. So. Yeah, uh, that's not that's not the end of the world, though. <laughs> but aside, aside from Invasion, you, you had a good week? Yeah, it's been all right. Yeah. It was it was a four-day week. i got a four-day week again next week. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Well, I know, I know what happens. I do these events at the weekend, and then, like, before I know it, it's Sunday evening. I'm getting ready to go back to work, and it's like... I haven't actually stopped yet, so I try and book off the Monday after so that I do get a weekend, effectively. Do you remember this time last year where I was just like, work's fine, work's great, we it's should great. all love we our jobs. We should all do more work, we should love our jobs, be thankful to your manager, yeah. Changed <laughs> yeah. a bit now, hasn't Love it? your manager, she's awesome, and now I'm just sat here like, fuck, if I have to spend another day working for someone else, I'm going to kill so, myself. Oh, you got a fucking day off? Fucking hell, yeah. yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 20 plus years of friendship down the toilet motherfucker yeah so you get booking a day off you wanker I've still got another 8 days to take before the end of the year oh don't (laughs) I don't know when I'm going to fucking take them at this point I'm thinking I might go into work tomorrow and be like how much holiday have I got can I take off some days please can I just take it all now like effective immediately (laughs) have I got enough to span the rest of the year possibly (laughs) no oh crap Oh, you enjoying it then? Don't want to get really get into it because I don't know. Yeah, who's going to hear this very public podcast? But it's not. It's, not... it's all well and good when I'm just sitting here effusing about how much I love it. Yeah, and it's all genuine. But when it goes the other way, I'm like, oh, I'm a bit reluctant it's to get not, into this. It's not really you, is it? <laughs> no. That job? No, no. It's you're you're not a very handsy person, and it's no. quite a handsy job by the yeah. sounds of it. It's, and just still, I blew someone's mind when I worked the other day when I was like it's the first job I've had in over 10 years that I didn't get given a computer on my first day <laughs> and, and the first part of my daily job is not log on my log computer on, yeah. and check my emails <laughs> it's just it's even now I get to work and I'm like huh no computer <laughs> it's so weird that would blow my mind yeah, it's so weird <laughs> I can't... and everyone's looking at me like really Really? And I'm, they're like, but this has got to be better. And I'm like, what, better than checking emails and realising there's nothing to action. There's nothing to actually do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll just, yeah, Marcus Red. Yeah. Well, 
That's my morning. What's for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> what time are we going for lunch? Um... <laughs> it, it boggles my mind that that, that the people work like that. Because the last time I had a job where I didn't use a computer, fucking hell. I worked in the tempting? kitchen the last time. And that was, yeah, that was a long, I worked long time. In a, I worked in a, in a, a factory making plastic, point-of-sale plastic display things yeah. for, like, two weeks before I got a proper job. Um, a real job. Uh, yeah. Another job, a different job. <laughs> a job of a computer. A, a computer job of a computer, job. basically. Yeah, yeah. And that was fucking hell. Uh, that was just after I left uni, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're talking... A long time. A long, that. long time. In fact, it may have been before that. We're probably talking 20-plus years. Yeah. And every day since then, it's been a case of, like, you know, I, I'm starting work. I log on to my computer. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I Weird. get to work. I sit down on my bench and I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, before your depression makes us all very sad. I'm all right. I'm in a good mood right now because there's, there's, I've still got, got a few you've hours. You've got hours left before you, got to get, before you get the Sunday night dreads. A few hours of freedom left before it all goes downhill. <laughs> but whilst I'm sat at work, you know, not having a computer, I spend a lot of time pondering stuff, right? So I come up with some things that I've been pondering this week, and I thought you could help. You could help, like, okay. tell me which way I should go on these. I was going to say you, you don't get time at work to research articles, so no. <laughs> <laughs> or just read books, or, <laughs> or hang out with cool people. No, <laughs> no none right. of that. <laughs> but the first thing I've been pondering this week: Are there three more overrated bands than the Red Hot Chili Peppers, ACDC, and Madness? Um, upon careful consideration, no. No, there aren't. Oh, really. possibly, <laughs> I'm going to say this, and hashtag unpopular opinion, Foo Fighters. Oh, no, I don't like the Foo Fighters. I really, I don't get, Dave Grohl seems like a nice guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Seems lovely. Um, They've got a couple but, of good songs. My Hero's Good. Um, That one. So what's the one where they all get high on the plane? I don't know how one that video really put me off. I think it's, I just like the video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, learn to fly. You learn to fly, yes. Uh, I like My Hero, and there's one of their newer ones I quite like. I can't remember what it's called. Whatever, I don't know. But aside from that, no, I don't like them. But they've still got two good songs. Yeah, yeah. Red Hot true. Chili Peppers have released about 87 albums, and they've got one good song. You know you're doing something wrong when All Saints cover your song and do it better. I mean, that is their one good song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, they still did it better. And then you look at ACDC, they've got like one idea and they've written 800 songs. <laughs> they've got 50 albums, yeah. all of the same shite. Based on that one idea and some screeching vocals. <laughs> and then Madness are just a joke, right? <laughs> Madness are only fun when you're drunk. If you're at a birthday party, preferably in a sports bar or like a sports, you know, that sort of thing, a sports club. And and you're drunk, and someone puts on One Step Beyond or House of Fun oh, because yeah. you can you can skank around the dance floor for three and a half to four minutes, and, and that's then it. that's it. You but, never have to. Yeah, but my dad's mad at me. Yeah, because you're in a shit band. <laughs> Sucks. You can't. <laughs> Your entire band and everything you've ever done is a joke. 
I mean, it, they are they are basically a comedy. I was very angry. <laughs> Sorry, that's what white does to me. I'm slipping because I'm going through the things I've been pondering at work. I'm back in that <laughs> work mind frame now. Do you perchance listen listen to the radio while you're at work? Yeah, yeah. Mm, I'm picking up on that. <laughs> uh, we don't even get absolute nineties anymore. They've switched it up to absolute eighties. Oh, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I've been spending my entire shift blocking people out with my headphones again. <laughs> I'm back to that. Back back to that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. They they did this to you, man. It's not you, it's them. Yeah. It is. Because I'd do the fucking same if I was in that situation. Oh, uh, them three bands overrated as fuck. Right. Do you think if we get costumes or face paint like Kiss, it would help us it would help the po- podcast get some exposure? No, because we're sat in my spare room and no one sees it. No, but I thought, do you know, like we did that little photo shoot with Amy. I thought we could do it like that, but we could dress up as vampire. Oh, it was like costumes and Vampire face LaRooney and Vampire LaReggie, and they could become our new podcasting personas. That that would probably actually help, yes, because yeah. people would share the shit out of that, especially people that knew us. <laughs> See us fopping about like 16th century vampire dukes. They would love that shit. Especially you, because people kind of expect it from me. Yeah. But you... They'll be like, oh, no, he, he's brought into the gay vampire fantasy. Oh, God, he drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm going to save this photo as Folia Jew. <laughs> right, we are absolutely doing that. Okay, I'm going to need to get a, a vampire we'll get, We're going to need to sort you I'm out I'm thinking, costume. like, white, the white face the white paint. white face paint. Uh, m- maybe some blood around our Yeah, a little mouth. bit. Of, take some little blood down here, some yeah. plastic vampire teeth and then an absolute vampire outfit. And then we can... And then we just do a photo shoot. The only vampire podcasters. Just gadding about a graveyard. <laughs> the only vampire podcasters. Absolutely. We could do we could do themed photo shoots. All yeah. that night, obviously. Oh, obviously, yeah. Because like you have a vampire photo shoot. You have a pirate photo shoot. We could do different photo shoots, release them at periods throughout the years, keep people guessing what the next one's Captain gonna be. Rooney and first mate Reggie. <laughs> Vampire the Rooney and Vampire the Reggie. Mando Rooney and sl- Slave, <laughs> Slave, Slave Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'll be right back. Good yeah. Slave Layer costumes. <laughs> That's what you've been losing weight for. Yeah. That's what all this exercise has been in aid on. Yeah, I get it. Slave Reggie is making a... <laughs> Next summer, <laughs> keep your eyes peeled for Slave Reggie. <laughs> Jedi Rooney and, and was it Arena... Arena outfit Amadala. We could the do, tasteful rip across the midriff. We could do our cult personas as well. We could do uh yeah, get the Darth with me in the in in, this. in the in the plague Doctor Mars. Yeah, and then the chosen one, it should be you hiding your face with your robe. Yeah, I like this idea. We've got to get you got we've got, <gasps> got to create viral content. Twenty twenty four calendar. Touchy calendar. Each month for it in October <laughs> we're vampires. In January we're something else. <laughs> In March, we're wood nymphs. Wood nymphs. It's just us in our underpants, cavorting with branches. In December, you're dressed as Santa, and I'm an elf. <laughs> you're an elf. <laughs> Painted green. Oh, my God. That's a brilliant idea, actually. Okay. Right, nobody steal that idea. But do remind us of it in two months when we still haven't done anything about it. Has touch number three, has touching become too soft? Uh, What? <laughs> Has but, this podcast become too soft? What do you mean too soft? Well, year one, it was the entire podcast was built on bickering, making fun of each other, <laughs> trying to lead each other into traps, pushing each other's buttons at every <laughs> given opportunity. And now, as we are like hit like 
just over halfway, I think, of year three, where we just have nice conversations. <laughs> the edge is gone. I mean, we're not dicks to each other anymore, if that's what you mean. Yeah, but sometimes I feel like... Well, we are we are dicks to each other, just not constantly. Yeah, yeah. They were quite... We've toned it down a lot. We've toned it down a lot, yes. But what if that was what people wanted? People wanted that just absolute fucking toxicity. Just go and listen they... to every other week. <laughs> <laughs> if you want toxic sludge in your ear holes, go and listen to every other week. <laughs> Come on, you've got at least another year before they... they if they follow... You know, and our, we already know they're trajectory. basically following our roadmap. Yeah. So if they do follow that, then you've got like a, about a year before they start getting good. But then they put out an episode like once a month now. So Oh, in that case, you've got another like 18 years. to 24 months yeah. of their shit before they get any good. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> check them out on the Color Touch Podcast Network. Yeah, do go and check them out and then tell them everything they're doing wrong because that's what we do. If you want us to laugh at your podcast, but you can join the Touch the Color Touching Podcast Network <laughs> yeah. just by DMing me and let me know. And we will shamelessly plug your uh, your your podcast whilst ripping the piss out of it. Yeah, but you don't think Tajik's become too soft. You don't think that people were sat there listening to it like oh, i miss the old days i miss it when we've, they had edge we we've grown we have we have an edge but it's no longer inward facing yeah, we we're now like fucking angry porcupines <laughs> okay. we our rage is is sent outwards rather than at each other because at the end of the day that, that uh, that's just a downward spiral yeah there's there's only so much we can lash out at each other the world is a fucking shithole okay. and there are so many things out there that make us in particular me angry so that rage gets sent out into the universe where it can do the most good. Good? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, it does me good. <laughs> and that's the important thing. Hang on. Is this what? this is not just for your your mental health, mate. No. You, you're confused by your phone again. No, I, I thought I had another another email saying, someone's trying to uh, log into your into your email account. And I'm like, but Rooney's sat here and he's not doing it. So the... Oh, no, no. It wasn't. I just saw something pop up and was like, oh. No. That was just me emailing uh, media outlets. Oh, okay. <laughs> to try and try and get in touch. <laughs> to with try them. and track down, trying to get contact details for, for a, a certain person. Yeah, how's that going? Uh, I don't know. That's why I was trying to log in to uh, find out. Yeah, we've, we've had no emails. We've had no I did. I did think that you would let me know if yeah. we did. But, yeah, okay, they're just ignoring us. Um, number four was something I've been pondering, but that was before I come up with... My suggestion earlier, so it could be redundant, but why don't you cosplay as Vampire Naroni and start an Instagram for him? Because I don't like Instagram. I'm already running like three accounts, and that's too much hard work. It was less about the Instagram and more about like why you just don't just cosplay as Vampire Naroni and make him your main cosplay. And I mean, I kind of do, but I don't wear him to cosplay events. I really yeah. I wear him to real life events, yeah. which is far more fun because nobody when you get when you invite someone to a barbecue especially a 41 year old man you expect at worst you expect a hawaiian shirt you know uh possibly some surveillance linen trousers you don't expect someone to come up to turn, rock up dressed as a fucking like 16th century vampire no you don't or as someone else put it the other day at the last barbecue i went to uh, an off-duty pirate <laughs> okay. so you know <laughs> i find it's much more effective because you know if I'm there and I'm standing next to like a Mandalorian and Robocop and 16 Ghostbusters. Yeah, but you'll stand out as a vampire. I would stand out, but not, you know, 
a massive amount. I'd look just like a weirdo, and you get a lot of weirdos at these events anyway. In the same way as like Brian Warner became Marilyn Manson and creating an image, and I could just become the you vampire could become the vampire Laroni and then start doing everything as the vampire Laroni. I've 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 met some people who kind of live like that, and to be honest, they make me slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I have to admit, when I worked in Virgin, there was this guy. He must have been mid forties, mid to late forties. And he dressed like a vampire. And he had like one of them. <laughs> was this a time slip? And you just saw me from the future? <laughs> no, because this guy was bald in the front. Oh, okay. And he had one of them. He wore one of them rings with the things that, you, a, would, a bit, that you would. The big segmented ring with the, the claw. The yeah. The where you would pop someone's skin. And, um, do you remember Lois? Yes. He, 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 was, he was infatuated with Lois. <laughs> Bearing in mind, she was late teens, early 20s at yes. the most. But he used to come in, and I think she was nice to him once. <laughs> and after that, he would come in like once a week, buy all of his Hammer Horror films, and then just like hang around creepily. Oh. But everyone knew him as Vampire Guy. Yeah, but, see, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, but that's, I mean, you could go that way, or you could be like Tiger Man, like a hero. I saw Tiger Man a couple of weeks ago. I was going to say, has anyone seen Tiger Man recently? Because yeah. I haven't seen him. I don't go to the town very often. I was anymore. out running. Do you know where the soccer track that goes up to the underpass by us if you do a right? Yeah. So I'm running along there. He's walking down from that house he lives in. Oh, uh, okay. And as I run past him, I salute and he saluted back. Oh, it's good to know he's still around. He is still around. Oh, yeah. I was he worried looks... he may have passed and we didn't realise. No different. He hasn't aged a day since I was like 13. That's the thing. He's looked the same him. since like the first time I saw him. Yeah, he used to bring the Harvey Centre to like a standstill. Tiger Man would come in and everyone would be like, it's Tiger Man. He used to love it when when the uh, the Native American guys were, were out by the monument yeah. playing their panpipe music when everyone was digging that shit and Tiger Man would just be out there vibing, living his best <laughs> life. I just remember he, like, everyone would be screaming Tiger Man, he'd be saluting everyone. Saluting everyone. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it was Good like old a days. If you don't know who we're talking about, yeah. Google Tiger Man Harlow and... Yeah. I'm fairly certain there's at least one Facebook group dedicated to him. <laughs> Tiger Man, if you ever hear this, you are an honorary member of the Call of Tiger. Oh, absolutely. There's a place for you in our in our government. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You are minister for... Tigers. Tigers. <laughs> Slash military. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the joint, the joint chiefs. Just Tiger Man and a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Like, he was a hero. Oh, yeah. He is a hero. Everyone loves Tiger Man. Everyone, so you could everyone, be like... Everyone above whole... a certain age in Harlow knows, loves, ty- knows who Tiger him. Man is. Like, no one's got a bad word no to say about him. No one's got a bad word to say about him because no. he's just awesome. So you could be the could Tiger be the Man Tiger of Man. vampires rather than a big vampire guy because you wouldn't, you wouldn't be creepy and start going to creeping on, like, 19, 20-year-old girls. Well, I might do, but <laughs> I wouldn't do it often enough that, you know, they would coin a name for yeah. me. Plus, Amy would probably be there going, Rooney, for fuck's sake, stop yeah. it. It's embarrassing. I'm literally right yeah. here. And she fancies me anyway. <laughs> She's like, yeah, back over, vampire boy. My turn. Hey, baby. But you could, like, your new public persona could be Vampire Rooney. And you could have the, the Instagram where you just take where, like, I, I pretend... I've spotted you out and about and take pictures of you. And it's like, look, Vampire Rooney doing his shopping in, in Tesco's. And it's just you dressed head to toe with a face paint. Or maybe that's something that we should do. Oh, yeah, no, maybe people that, that... do. I see us together and their first thought is gay couple. Yeah, we, we already <laughs> apparently give gay couple vibes. Do we really want to, you know, double down on that? 
with you following me around with a camera taking pictures of me as I pose. <laughs> Both of us dressed like 16th century vampires. <laughs> Or me just following you around with a... You with, and your fucking with, football hood, football shirt. With an umbrella so, <laughs> to keep you out of sun. That's it. I can be your, like... You're my eagle. Yeah. <laughs> I just follow you around with a plate doctor mask on, just holding an umbrella out. Yes, yeah, master. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever have to go out during the day. <laughs> and we can rely on the popping to take pictures of us. <laughs> Tag Vampire Laroonie and Tesco. like Spotted Harlow. Any fucking weirdos. Gay couples these days. What the fuck? <laughs> you can tell who's the top and who's the bottom. But they wouldn't be able to. Because <laughs> in this reality, Eagle fucks the vampire. <laughs> in World War Two. <laughs> Smooth. The other week when we had a bit of a disastrous podcast because things kept going wrong. Ah, the dark times. I listened back to it and I'm just like... I'm just starting to like find my my level on the on the episode. I've warmed up. I've worked my way into it. <laughs> I'm just starting to make sense and be a half decent podcaster. And the door rings. Oh yeah. But I was just warming up to say like I've been watching this 26 part World War Two. Oh yes, yes. World of War. But they did this one episode about the Navy. Mm. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking. I think Rooney would have chosen to join the Navy over, like, any... Because back then, you didn't really have a choice. Like, no. You had to fight for your country. And let's, let's face it, <laughs> you're fighting fascism, so it's, it's a worthy cause. Yeah. But so my question to you is, would you have joined the Army, Air Force, or, or Navy? Because I pondered that you would join the Navy... So you could, you know, spend your days at sea pretending to be a pirate. <laughs> pretending to be a pirate. Uh, yeah, it would have been Navy or Air Force. I absolutely would not have gone Army. You would not have been a private? No. No? No. I want to be poor bloody infantry. Stuck there in a trench, getting trench foot, eaten by rats, blown up by everything. But, no. but with your pretentious <laughs> personality, would you, do you not think you would have quickly ra- risen up the ranks? I mean, possibly... I mean, if if I was if I was like a like a lord or something, and I could could go straight in at general level. Mm. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I'd, I'd be like yeah, part of the headquarters general staff sort of thing. Yeah, I'd do that. You know, drinking tea and eating scones and I'll taking tell you notes. What, like, the footage of of these of these sailors in the navy, oh god, <laughs> like, them boats are getting thrown all over place, all over the place. They're getting like. <laughs> Like the storms are raging and the the boats are flooding. Yeah, and there's all these people in their hammocks looking really depressed, depressed and, and, like, and uncomfortable. Still think he would have joined the navy, you know, because he wouldn't have known any of this. He would have just bought. Yeah, I would have found that out too late. Or the air force being like ground crew, because I, I don't think I'd be a very good pilot. But uh, okay, being with my with my technical leanings, you I'd have been I'd have been some kind of. You could have cosplayed as John McClane in. In, in Die Hard 2 with the two big flame things. <laughs> yeah, I'd just been, yeah, land here, boys. They're like, that's not even your job. I'm cosplaying. You don't know what that is. But your grandkids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah, just like someone come in. <laughs> Do you think we have ever helped anyone by doing touchy? Do you think anyone's ever sat down and thought, I'm in a really bad mood, put touchy on, and then their moods turned around by the end of you it? You mean aside from you? Aside from me, yeah. <laughs> Probably. I'm yeah. fairly certain that's the only reason we still have people in the cultist chat yeah. is because um, we we 
remind them that things could be worse. Yeah, they, you could, know? they could be dressed as Vampire de Reggie or Vampire de Rona. I was more thinking they could get to a Wednesday and there wouldn't be an episode of, of Touching. But, you oh, know. Okay. <laughs> Positive spins, Reggie. Yeah. Positive spins. I know I've <laughs> have a couple of messages in, in, the, in the group chat where certain people have said I was in a really bad mood. Thank you, you cheered in fact, me up. most of the people in that group chat at some point have said, said that. you guys have... have Improved my mood today. Outside of the immediate cult, <laughs> do you think there's any randoms that have come across the podcast? Probably. I, I think that if you got someone in a bad mood, someone, especially someone in our age bracket, and put this podcast on, they probably couldn't help but have their mood improved in some way, some even way, if it's yeah. just laughing at us rather than with us. I mean, that is half the point, right? Well, yeah. That's half the point of the Reggie character is you laugh at me. Yeah, because you got fed up with me calling by your government name and laughing at you. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts less this way, right? I had 38 years of that. <laughs> I've only had three years of, they're laughing at Reggie. They're laughing me. at Reggie, not me. It's fine. It's a different person. Number seven. The older I get, the more intrigued I become with the idea that this is just one of many dimensions and the other dimensions occasionally cross over with ours. How do you feel about that? Do you feel there's, there could be any truth How to can that? we go through these bullshit questions? Man, these bands are shit, aren't they? Yeah. To, what about the nature of reality? What do you think about that? Because what? these are the things I've been pondering this week. And every time I find myself pondering something, I quickly make a note of it and I put a list together. Oh, my God. Um, the multiverse theory is sound. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I don't tend to give too much thought to it because then that leads me down the path of, well, that means that somewhere... In fact, in a lot of these, like a lot of these alternate universes, there's there's a me who's having a much better time than this. Yeah, and I'm like, well, why a, couldn't that be me? Why couldn't that be this me? There's a you that's living his truth and sucking dick. <laughs> in a cape. Yeah. <laughs> I was more thinking there's a me who's already made that Joe Rogan money. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, either or, Sorry, I guess. I'm trying to help people. I'm not. I'm not taking my <laughs> my fear from my dread of work out on you. I'm trying to help people. Trying to help yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. This isn't projection, guys. This is just comedy. Um, <laughs> I'm literally crying. <laughs> uh, so sorry. <laughs> where were we? I can't remember. Yeah, why can't I be living in the 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 good timeline. This is the bad timeline. There is a version of you living in the good timeline. Yeah, but it, that's a different version. I want me to be in there. Well, maybe you're in this timeline to podcast. What was that thing? There was because a few... if you were happy, you wouldn't be sat behind a mic right now. Well, I would. Because if I was a multimillionaire, I could be doing a podcast saying 12 hacks to get rich quick and shit like that. Oh, okay. Bullshitting. <laughs> Bullshitting. Yeah. yeah, I'd be grifting yeah. <laughs> like I am now, yeah. but with significantly better facilities <laughs> rather than the blue Yeti microphone and my sweaty little spare room. Yeah, it's very sweaty. It's very sweaty today, by the way, guys. Just have to get that. I don't think the sweat is coming across audibly. I'm going to rub my armpit on the microphone in a minute. I'm not, because I have to use the microphone. I was, I'm really surprised we didn't... Um, I, I pulled a curtain back. I, I didn't ponder that this week. I just needed enough ponderings to make a natural list in in a multiple <laughs> of three. So this one, that was one I actually just thought up, because I thought you'd go down the, the whole rabbit hole of, like, well, you know, <laughs> the Fae and not every... Ultra-terrestrials and things like that, and I and not just be like, I don't ponder it. I, I try not to ponder it because it makes me miserable. I just like to, yeah, th- I like to imagine I this, this one is, was a winner. I like I'm to imagine this is the good timeline and okay. all the others are substantially worse. Yeah, yeah, you could, 
you, you could be even further in the closet in another <laughs> I could have never met Amy and we could be a couple. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a I dark reckon, timeline. I reckon there is a timeline out there where that is probably the case. Lord have mercy. If everything is cyclical, Ooh. do you think a time will come where music played on real instruments will become the dominant force again? Or are we too far down the digital rabbit hole for that to ever happen? Oh. The things I ponder. Yeah. Whilst bored at work. <laughs> I mean, there are still people making yeah. non-digital music. Yeah. But, I've I've softened on digital music a lot over the last couple of years, um, but yeah, I could say I don't think it'll ever really go away. I don't think it. No, I'm not saying it will go away. I'm would just, it become uh, Would it become de rigueur again? Yeah, would it become the dominant force? Because right now, like aside from the Arctic Monkeys, people making <laughs> fucking Arctic Monkeys. Aside from the Arctic rock. Monkeys, and then you know all of the superstars like Adele and people like that that aren't that are more for like mums yeah or aren't just aren't a part of like what's mainstream and what's not they're going to sell records every time they put something out it's mostly digital based music that is the music because one person can do the work of an entire band like the only real part of it is the vocal if there is a vocal yeah um whereas I would like to say yes whereas last week we sat and talked about the 90s, right? And yeah. Yeah, towards the end of the 90s, you had, like, the Fat Boy Slims and the people like that. Yeah. But they were still making stuff out of samples. Yes. Yeah. Like, they didn't have... Like, they couldn't just make an entire tune on an iPhone like I could. No. Right? Do you know what I mean? But yeah. we're in a... There was a... Towards the end of the 90s and the beginning of the 2000s, there was the affordability of cheap... Yeah, people suddenly realised, I can sit in my bedroom and make, yeah, like, a whole band's worth of music. Pardon me, I can I can mix it, master it, upload it, and release it myself. Fuck, why would I bother going through all the hassle of trying to get four other people into a room at the same time with instruments yeah. and then do write music that way and then go through all that bullshit again afterwards? Yeah. I, I, I think there'll be a backlash at yeah, some point. Yeah, that's what I think, because like, it's all about the counterculture, right? And yeah. Right now, the culture is very digital, very, like, kind of... Yeah, that's the backlash because big big bands and groups have become mainstream. They're the man. They're the record labels. They're the industry, effectively. Yeah. The the, the digital bedroom music was a backlash against that. It was the counterculture. That was the counterculture. But now it's the culture. So that's going to become the culture. So, so ten years they, from now, will the counterculture? Because yeah. listen, I I I. Whilst I don't really pay attention to most modern music, I am still a UK rap fan. I like a lot of the current kind of music from that genre, right? But even I am at a point now where I'm like, it is just, what's the word I'm looking for when there's too much of the same thing? Um, Too much of the same thing? Oversaturated. Oversaturated. Like, it is. got to the point where it's oversaturated. Yeah. Before it used to be like, the cream rose to the top, but because it's an industry now, yeah, it's a fully fledged industry. You've oh got, yeah, yeah. You got people like Grime Daily that will put out your music on a platform as long as you pay them a certain amount of money to host your video. Yeah, that the quality is not necessarily rising to the top. There's no. just an oversaturation of anybody can do it. Kind of like at the end of the nineties when. Like yeah. everyone had been inspired to start bands, and there was just a gluttony. There was of, just a glut of guitar bands. Yeah, so. At this point in time where there's 
the digital kind of music is oversaturating yeah. the marketplace. Will there be is the counterculture then five guys in a room with real instruments? Quite possibly. Or is it something else entirely? I, music is a less cyclical thing than a lot of other things. Yeah. Like fashion and fascism. Um, both of those are very cyclical things. But music tends to progress. And although you might have, you get like resurgences of things, yeah, punk yeah. And, and rock and stuff like it's, that. It's more like a virus, right? It'll just mutate into something. It, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. It does constantly change. So the counterculture, uh, what, 30 years ago? Was people in in plaid shirts and garages with with grungy guitars? Yeah. The counterculture to that was Britpop. Was Britpop the counterculture to Britpop? Was fucking. Is, we now got electronic music. New metal. <laughs> we we don't we don't do that here. <laughs> we don't talk about new metal. All right, Mister. I like pop. All right. <laughs> I like that one song, man. Not like a friend uh, a friend of mine who went to see them when they did their their get back get the band back together gig. The other year, oh, okay. he went to see them and he was like, they were amazing. Okay. And I was like, I was like, I could get tickets for that and sing along to that one oh, song I know. No, I won't like There was another song on that, on that album that was pretty cool. What was it called? My mum hates me and she's a bitch. <laughs> my dad just doesn't understand me. Stand by me is my vibe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't play football, therefore I'm not good enough. <laughs> No, it was something like I'm not gay. I just like men. Okay, I, I don't know. I I'm just trying to think of themes that new metal wrote about. You know, uh, I wanted to be a rapper, but I'm too white. <laughs> Did it all? Fred Durst gave me a chub on. <laughs> what was? I don't, I don't know, man. I wasn't into that scene. <laughs> um, no, there was another. I'm fat. Why don't the girls love me? <laughs> That's why I was into it. <laughs> Um, no, they had another song on that album that I really liked. I actually liked it more than the famous one, but yeah, they didn't go on to do to amount to a whole lot. No, unfortunately, no, they didn't. But, no, New Metal didn't. Sorry, we veered off. We do did. you think that there will be a backlash to the, the digital movement? I think there will be a backlash. I don't know exactly what form it will take. What what it really takes is someone in in the current generation making music. Um, do I get up? I'll get up on my sidebox. It can't be, like, because the Arctic Monkeys, just their last album. Was shit. It was all right. Absolutely dire. It was sh- I found it was all right if you listened to the whole thing as one piece. It was in context. The song yeah. worked. But when you just heard one song I on the radio, I you're couldn't like... I listen to, uh, the, to more than one because yeah. it was like being in a pub on a shitty, rainy Thursday afternoon. In one of those shitty little new build pubs, people still smoke, still smoking in the pub. People still smoking yeah. in there, and there was some shit dad rock band droning on in the background. And you're like, for fuck's sake, look, I just want to drink my Tetleys in peace. But that entire album, there wasn't like they went into a studio. They used proper strings, proper live instruments to do it, right? So they are yeah. out there fighting a the good fight. That's one of the things I was I yeah, really appreciated like... when I first heard that album was like. They've gone and done the complete opposite. It's kind of like what's they're, they're fighting right a good fight, but it's like if Captain America went out there and rather than punching Nazis, he gave them all AIDS. You know, it's not you're fighting, you're doing the right thing, but in the wrong way. Okay, but do you think there has to be someone? Oh, what I was going to say was it can't be them because they're already established, right? Yeah. So if someone new and brash, yeah, and- you need someone in the generation, the upcoming generation, who is sick of listening to what's in the charts 
and listens to their their 40-year-old parents' music, which has guitars and drums and actual instruments being played, and then goes, that's what I want to do. And you need enough people like that getting together, getting little groups of themselves together, and then they become the new sound. Yeah, there are there are there are fledgling bands it's far out more there, different. and there it's, are bands that it's like, far more difficult for them to do it. Well, in a way, it's more difficult because they you can't do it live these days because all the venues that are left are big venues. All the small venues have, have been shut down. Yeah, and it's not as cheap. It's not as cheap. It's. Do you, you remember when we were in a band as well? Like there were like five rehearsal places within twenty minutes. Oh God, yeah. I don't know where you would go now. No, I don't think any of those rehearsal spaces, even the ones that opened up as we were calling it a day, are long gone by now. They say that the most most of the people making like rock music, shall we say, mm. these days are middle class because yeah. they're the only ones that can afford it. The only it. ones that can afford it. But yeah. they're not the voice of the people no. that need to they need to be the, the voice the, of that it. That music be... is is needs to come from the people who understand what they're singing about Whereas, and are singing about stuff that the voices of the work. This is something that no one ever talks about and is completely overlooked. The voice of the working class now mm. are rappers. Yeah. Because they're the ones out there living the working class lifestyle, rapping about how I ain't got shit. Because you can afford they're... to rap. You can't afford to get... But you need like yeah, but what, four coming, or five guys. <laughs> they're coming from the place of like, we are the underdog. We are raging against the man. Mm. We are angry. But obviously like, no one wants to talk about how the working class now is totally diverse yeah. as well. So what is representative of the working class is UK rap. Maybe there will be a new metal comeback then. Yeah. Because it'll be the white boys on guitars and the, the, the diverse people. Rapping. <laughs> rapping. <laughs> new metal. There we go. Right. We don't need white people rapping. Finally, number nine. Yes. Do you think we could do a two-person stand-up show where we partially script it and just bicker and make fun of each other on stage? Probably not, because the moment you got up in front of anyone, you'd clam up. No, I wouldn't. If I if I'd rehearsed it and I knew like if we like when I say partially scripted, if we like did like seventy percent of it was scripted and we'd yeah. rehearsed it and we knew and it was only a few beats here and there where we would just chime in with new jokes or we would Yeah take the vibe of the room and then just or a callback to something that had happened earlier or we just changed it enough to keep it fresh enough for us. Yeah. But we actually treated it more like a proper stand-up show where they rehearse their their hour-long set and then just go and do that everywhere for a year or whatever. Yeah. We did that as two of us, and we just bickered and make, made fun of each other on stage. Do you think it, it would work, or do you think stand-up is a solely one-person thing? Oh, people do that all the time. Do they? Uh, a, a very good example comes to mind because I've literally literally saw the adverts for their last one that they did last week, week before, is uh, Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning. Okay. Um, they all, they do their YouTube thing, which I think they do like three days a week now rather than every day. Um, but they do Good Mythical Evening, which is basically a live show where they do exactly that. They have a, like, a partially scripted thing where they just get up and they do shit and they bicker and yeah they get but because it's not on youtube and it's not like a, a live broadcast thing they can do more adult stuff yeah obviously the evening yeah. Part. but yeah it absolutely works i'm sure there are other people that do the same thing because i've kind of the last couple of months i've kind of come to the conclusion that if we're gonna oh god he's gonna take us to a stand-up club i mean i'd quite like to do stand-up to be fair i think <laughs> I, I think i'm quite funny <laughs> funny looking <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm thinking if we're going to get exposure for Tajik, like 
in a day and age where there's five million podcasts, yeah, do we need to go and do something else? Like, do you know when I when I was doing all my, <laughs> well, my, yeah, yeah, my stand up routine of like, and I was like, we should do fuck G, we should do your book about being a pervert, we yes. should do this. Really, what like that will come from a place of me being like, what can we do to get more exposure? Yeah, what yeah. like, but I think this might be the avenue. Like, if we could, because like, I couldn't do Tajik live. Oh God, no. Because well, we could do it live. We could do it live, but that's because we're would, getting pretty good at self censoring. Yeah, but that's the thing that gives me fear is that right. This is say twenty yeah. percent scripted because I've got my notes and my ideas and the other 80 percent we make up yeah that's when i will go clam up on stage and not have any clue but if the majority of it is rehearsed and mm. kind of maybe not scripted but like we have a plan i know where we're gonna go like as long as i retain a certain amount of control and i and i only have to kind of improvise <laughs> like five or six jokes on stage <laughs> i'm confident i could go and do that it's when i have to make up way more of it and I don't have control. I think you'd do better than you think you would. Okay. Considering, like you just said, 80% of this is we're literally just riffing off off the top of our heads. Yeah, but half of this would go because, like, we can't we can't be like, we're live tonight, we're going to talk about Stand By Me. So half of it would go. And then the other stuff I would have to find, I can find yeah, stuff true. that will make you laugh, right? Or I know it's going to lead you in a certain direction. But if I just go out and find news of the day and we just go up on stage, that could go either way. But if we yeah. had certain funny stories, certain things where I set you up and then you do yeah. or we just bicker with each other because that's <laughs> not really quite funny because people seem to like that. It's funny you should say this because literally yesterday on the way home from Invasion, I said, I might speak to Kerry and see, because she's, what, the organiser. Um, I was like, I might speak to her and see about getting Tutjig a stand at the event next year. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there were, you get like local authors and celebrities, and uh, I don't know if the uh, the parentheses came across. Then, guys, they were bunny ears. I didn't think about this. I haven't. Been, I have been pondering this double per, two person stand up show for a couple of weeks now, actually. But I hadn't thought about this angle until today. Mm. Remember the mighty Bush? Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was shit, but whatever. But Noel Fielding and whoever the other guy was. Judy and Parrot. They were larger than life, right? They yes. had those weird kind they of... They both had their personas. Vampire the Reggie and Vampire the Rooney comedy double act. <laughs> that way we get to be as goth as That would fuck. either be... That would either be absolutely amazing or would plummet so hard. But we could try it. Maybe I yeah, I kind once. of want to see which one, it, which way it would go. That could be our goth... Like, we could... We could, like, how... Oh, man, my mind is going racing now. But how our entire angle could be that we're just miserable and goth and just make fun of each other on stage. <laughs> like, we've been together for two millennia. Watch as we bicker our Watch way through this bicker. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, that might not work. But, like, just I, I genuinely think if we were to go up on stage night after night or... Just go anywhere and do it, like in our Tajik t-shirts. Yeah. And at the end of the gig, we'd be like, if you thought this was funny, go check out our podcast. Go check out our podcast. Like yeah. that would, in a world of five million podcasts, you've got to think outside of the box. Oh, yeah. Like everybody else is doing the same bullshit things you see promoted in these Facebook groups of how to build my podcast. No one's like, oh, we're going to go and do this to then shine light on that. It's 
let's go and let's do these five things that everyone's doing. Let's do the same things everyone does. Yeah, let's make the same posts on 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 the social platform. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do that. Well, to be fair to us, we have been saying for ages that we need to do something, <laughs> do something. else. We need to do something. We keep coming up with these bright ideas, and then we go out of here on a Sunday afternoon, and we go about our day, and we don't think about it again until we come back in the following yeah. week. No, I've been pondering this. I've been pondering outside of the box ways that we can shine light on Touchy because ultimately whatever I do in my life by the time I'm 50 <laughs> I want to be able to retire and just do Touchy <laughs> I want to be in a position where I'm getting not even as much time here making enough money well eight years enough money from pa- I mean. Patreon we're, we're like four years in here buddy <laughs> enough money from Patreon where we can just Retire. Well, this can be this is a good yeah. podcast, though. That is the thing. This is a That's good the most podcast. Thing, yes. We don't make a shit podcast. These are not delusions of grandeur. This is a good podcast. We just we have, should have called this delusions of grandeur. We should have called it delusions <laughs> of grandeur. We are just shit at selling ourselves to people. Yeah, the traditional way. But if we can go and offer someone something, like come check out this. Come check out this thing that we did. Or and we're then doing. you know, if you like that, go then check out this. You know what we need to do, right? Then there, we, can, we can go on TV. There are always things happening around this area. We need to find things that are going on. Get ourselves in there in some mean manner or form. Because that would be pretty cool, actually. Doing like a live broadcast from somewhere. You know, like, oh, we're at this event that's happening today. Look, here's us doing stuff. We're going to interview this person. We're going to discuss this topic. We're going to discuss the event we're at. And then get ourselves kicked out. But we can live stream it. <laughs> but no, like getting getting like tables at events getting a slot at events, not even necessarily on stage, just being there, and people go, oh, hey, what do you do? We're a podcast. Here's our card. Look, here's a video of us doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for trying any kind of outside of the box. Event organisers, hit us up. But I very, I am very much excited about doing one where we are on stage and everyone else is in the audience. You just want then, me back up on stage again. And then I can go off stage at the end of the night <laughs> yeah. and I have to talk to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Anything where there's some kind of divide. Divide between, between you and, yeah. Me and the people who want to love me. <laughs> really, what we should have done yesterday is you should have come to I should have come. Colchester with us and um, we could have done something at the event. Yeah, I should have. I, we said that before. We've said that before, yeah. But, but again, we said it before on an episode. So, if I was cultists, hold us, hold us to account. Okay, (laughs) you guys hear this shit, and you there's more of you, and you remember stuff better than us. Yeah, and you can, I don't know, friends are not listening or something. Friends are not listening or something. Actually, there's there's a there's the event coming up. Oh, next weekend. I can't do next weekend. Oh my god, we can't do next weekend because we're. Oh yeah, no, we can't do next weekend. (laughs) We're trying to launch something else. We got something else we're trying to launch, which we've been been putting up for three weeks, (laughs) and that has to be next week. No, yeah, good point. Um, But so, if I was to go home and ponder this idea more, yeah, whether it's the vampire angle or whether it's just us two bickering on stage, would you give it a go? Even if it's just once and we record it and then come back and laugh at ourselves on touching. Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll try anything once. No. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look into writing some material. I've agreed to do a podcast. There's 171 <laughs> episodes, 172 with this one out there in the world of this bullshit already. I'm not, What's a live performance? I'm not mad, though. Like, we wouldn't bid it as my live podcast. We would bid it as more stand-up. But we Touch would, it on stage. We would use the skills we've... We've garnered yeah. 170-odd episodes. Like, my favourite parts of this podcast 
we were asked a couple of weeks ago, right, by Amy, and mm. I said one thing, which was absolutely true, was when I go away and I write a load of <laughs> shit and I come and try and send it to you. Yeah. But it's mostly all for jokes, right? Mm. But there's something else that I love. Then it happens, not on every episode, but when it happens, it gives me utter joy. Is it's, it when you get that unexpected gas? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see the joy in your face when it happens. And then the other joy is when I completely mispronounce something because I'm just a <laughs> fucking idiot. No, it's when we bounce off of each other. Yeah. Like we in that moment when like I'll make a joke and then you'll make a joke and then I'll triple down. And <laughs> you'll quadruple down. But we're so quick at it. Yeah. They're the moments that I'm like, I just feel joy inside because I'm like, we are good at this. Because <laughs> not every because um, not everyone can do that and Casey said it to me your party last year she said to me I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's a lot of like professionals and people that are professional in other ways that do podcasts <laughs> that they don't that you two have a much more kind of natural yeah. conversation the way you bounce off of each other and I was like that's just our friendship that's, yeah now it's time to monetize our friendship we've got to monetize <laughs> our friendship Jesus it's nothing sacred but if like that's what tells me we have the propensity to do not just better podcasts than most people, but we could go and do that. Yeah. It's our ability to just bounce off of each other and be quick. And then, and that, and kind of us not, you know, getting offended when we make fun of each other. <laughs> it's something else that not every, like you put two random people together in a room, you won't get that. Yeah. It's 20 plus years of friendship that allows us to say whatever we want about each other. Yeah. And then, and Basically. then fist bump. <laughs> and fist bump, yeah. <laughs> and, not carry, and not carry it with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so if I was to go and look into this, we could try it. We'd right? give it a try. Yeah. Uh, look out for that, folks. I'm not, I'm look out for, look out for the invitations to turn up to places physically that aren't my house. Yeah. Because if we actually remember to do this after today's oh, episode, no. I'm going to go and write. Then, then there's going to be, we're going to need people to come out and fill out audiences because it'd be even worse if we rock up. I would rather rock up somewhere, have an audience and be bad than rock up somewhere, have no audience and still be bad. I was thinking more we just turn up at like open mic nights and just, you know, test it out a little bit. Oh, for the love of God. Into randoms that don't know us rather than, you know, actually go somewhere where people are like, yeah, it's Reggie and Rooney from Tajik. And then we just bomb. Because that'd be funny in and of itself. <laughs> it, would be, it would be funnier to bomb in front of randoms that don't know who we are and then bring that tape back here. Yeah, true. And then just play it in segments and then, and then just, just play it and just, just die inside every time we watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and, laugh at, and laugh at how bad we are. Like, listen, I tried to make this joke and I completely fucked it up. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, listen to us, listen to us uh, like failing and everything we say falling flat. <laughs> You can you can hear the bar staff cleaning up. <laughs> I'm going to go and work on this. I'm going to go and work on some material. Oh, right, how long have we been going? Because I've got two other things, but I don't we've know. We've been going we, for we, a fucking hour already. All right, we'll just do one of them then. Okay. I'll skip the thing that I skipped last week. <laughs> At some point, <laughs> I'll I'll use it. Right, wildest Burning Man events, cockfighting, orgasm hypnosis, and morning circle jerk. What? Burning Man has returned, and thousands of revelers have already headed out to Nevada's Black Rock Desert to enjoy what's been dubbed the wildest festival of the year. The nine-day event, which started on Sunday, 20, August 27th. So we're right in the middle of it now. We are smack bang in the middle of it as we're recording this. Which is why we had to do this one this week. I see. <laughs> Sees burners building their own themed camps on the dusty desert grounds known as the Player. 
and in the spirit of self-reliance, they must bring everything they'll need to survive the harsh conditions. But while only portaloos are provided, attendees at the do-it-yourself camps, which there are usually more than a thousand of, work together each year to organise a wide, wide range of wacky and wild activities for festival goers to enjoy. Mm. And this year, uh, which is based on the theme of Animalia, is no different with a plethora of bizarre activities on the events list. Mm. The Free Spirited Festival has a reputation of having a erotically charged atmosphere, so it's no surprise many of this year's events are sexual. People get high and fuck, is what they're saying. They go to the desert, get high and drunk, and they fuck in the sand. To start uh, to start off their day, men can head to the Morning Has Come, spelled C-U-N. <laughs> Obviously. So can you, Circle Jack. <laughs> the So Can You really makes it. <laughs> Event where they can join other naked guys to stroke your morning wood together. There's something for the ladies, too, with body washes and happy-ended massages on offer every day. Revelers can then head over to the naughty, naked village to receive their daily whipping, where they'll get their spanking from the resident domina priestess. God. The famous orgy dome is holding regular talks on consent while offering a place for couples and morsoms to have, have some fun together. Morsoms? <laughs> For something even more out there, hypnotherapist David Mears is also conducting group orgasm hypnosis sessions on the player every what day. The ever-loving shit is orgasm hypnosis. The pleasure expert claims to have developed a technique for trance-induced orgasms using remote hypnosis and is sharing the secrets of limitless suggested orgasms at Burning Man. I'm looking, I'm waiting for that TED talk, mate. <laughs> for competitive burners, there's plenty of absurd competitions to take part in, including three days of cockfighting where competitors can work out that big dick energy as they, go oh, up ag- oh, Lord. as they go up against each other at the Burner Brown camp. Burners can also go head-to-head in fierce battles uh, at the Death Guild Thunderdome every night where there's prizes to be won at the double-sided dildo fencing tournament where competitors are invited to get respectfully weird at a comfy, cosy voodoo lounge. The annual naked oil wrestling competitions have returned too, with the gymnasium camp providing burners with all the coconut oil they'll need. As well as the active games, there's lots of other unique exercise opportunities to keep burners fit during the festival. Lightsaber combat training is being offered by the Cool Cat Calf with Jedi, Sith and Grey Jedi all welcome. Night owls can participate in the naked midnight run, and early risers can start their mornings with some relaxing yoga. Done naked, of course. Obviously. With clothing being optional at Burning Man, there's tons of other naked activities scheduled for free spirited nudists, including naked dinosaur rides, <laughs> naked pub crawls, naked pirate parties, naked karaoke, naked beer fun runs, and naked sunset runs. <laughs> For those wanting to decorate their naked bodies, there's plenty of craft workshops on offer, including dirty henna sessions, where burners can get all their dirty places of their body covered. Meanwhile, at the Pimp Your Dick (laughs) workshop, crafters are given the materials to make their own leather cock ring, and revelers are even invited to bear your buns at regular arse branding sessions. There's also body painting events across the campgrounds, and those who prefer some clothing can head to Dragon Camp Armory for a workshop 
where you can make and decorate your own sexy armor bikini to keep, wear, and share on the player. Money can only be used to buy two things at Burning Man Centre Camp, coffee and ice. But luckily, gifting is a key part of the event, so plenty of camps are offering out food and drink to peckish burners. <coughs> Avocado on toast, grilled cheese sandwiches and donuts are available in plenty of camps across the player. But for something more alternative, <laughs> burners can head over to Electric Cheese Land for some naked cheese fondue. That just sounds dangerous. Alternatively, there's also a sexy Munich breakfast served up by servers at the Sultry Lodge dressed in sexy Bavarian clothes. <laughs> a less appealing <laughs> offer is the unique and intriguing semen bubble tea being served at the United Fuckers Market. What? Who, who promise it offers a bold fusion of flavours that pushes boundaries and sparks curiosity. As evening hits the party... Uh, really get started and burners can finish off their day by raving the night away at freaky tiki parties <laughs> alien discos viking raves and fire show dance parties would you like to go to burning man this just sounds like a really long-winded way to get an std and sunburn and i gotta say i'm not a fan of either of those things oh come on you don't want to go to burning man i mean no. <laughs> I like, it sounds horrendous. I like to go on the proviso that, you know, I can, I'm just going as, a, as a, an observer. I can stay fully clothed. I don't have to get involved, but I can just walk around. And I mean, you don't have to anyway. It's like any other festival. Yeah, you don't have but, to get involved. No, but, you know, there'd be guilt trips. And oh, absolutely. And yeah. Peer pressure. So we'll just go and we'll establish our own camp on the player. This is where Tartjigia needs to go. Tartjigia. Yeah. Get set, camp Tartjigia and we just go there and... Oh, that's where our micronation can be. That's where I'm... I'm more thinking that could be like a special series, an investigative report okay. by Tartjig as we get off our tits oh. on, on drugs and alcohol. Do you remember our, our reboot of Tomorrow's World, Tartjig's World? <laughs> Tartjig's World. We need to go to Burning Man next year. <laughs> Tartjig's Weird Weekends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For how many of the nine days could you accept free food from naked, unwashed people? Um, oh, the, the, full, the full nine days, mate. <laughs> really? I have no... I'm not... There's no, like, health I'm not like safety. you or Amy. I'm not a clean freak. There's I, no germs. Mate, the, the five-second rule, five-day rule. Oh, naked, if it, if it ain't moving, people. I'll eat it. Naked? What's the matter with naked people? You don't know. They might scratch their ass. It's not like there's clothing in between. Mate, I've seen you motherfuckers in the food industry, okay? Scratching your ass and then handling my fries is the last thing I'm worried about. Okay. <laughs> Personally, day one. Yeah, 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 you thought you were going to catch me out on that one. Day one, and I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm all right. I don't need to eat for the next eight days. I'm just thinking, it's like you're literally in the desert. I'll live on coffee and ice, thank you very much. Surely you'd need to take along like your, twice your own body weight in water yeah. to stop yourself from just dying. Especially if you're doing orgies and everything. yeah, if you're like doing all this, like you're doing lots of drugs, you're going to be drinking, you're doing these like very athletic exercises. I mean, and... There was no mention of drugs at Burning Man, just you know, sex and free food. It's all powered by drugs. Would you like to make your own leather cock ring or armored bikini? Both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? You're going to give me the shit to make a leather cock ring and an armored bikini, mate? I'll make two. Would you like to do naked lightsaber drilling? No, because no. I know I'd hit my dick. Yeah. 
<laughs> I've come home with enough welts. Yeah, exactly. Enough, enough bruises, and I'm fully clothed and wearing a fencing helmet. Well, that's uh, it. I'd still, I'd just wear my fencing mask. Yeah. This is it. There's nothing else. Just fencing mask and a cheeky smile. Would you like to go to a naked pirate party? Though? I was thinking about that. How, how is if you're <laughs> what naked? What makes it a pirate party? Are they all just wearing eye patches? Yeah. on their dicks. Tricorns. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I mean, yes. At okay. least, to, at least to say I've been. I don't know how long I'd stay there, especially if this is like you know we're talking five, six days. Yeah. It can you imagine the smell? That would be a great like. Uh, I never have I ever questioned right. Yes, all sitting around. Never have I ever been to a, a naked pirate by drink. Yeah, that's right, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, my next party. <laughs> <laughs> would you visit the morning circle, Jack? Absolutely not. <laughs> it just sounds bad. It just sounds like. You're either desperate or gay. No, in my luck, I'd just come back to camp with fucking sand on, <laughs> sand under my forehead. You get some dirty fucker who hasn't washed like in in five six days, pouring at your man meat. Your boner would just boo. I'd fall a circle jerk. You just stand in a circle and you all you all your own mate. No, a circle jerk is where you, you oh, so do you the, the, the next. next oh, yeah, even less chance then. I mean, by the sounds of it, from the way they described it there, you can just go along yeah. and bash one out, but we'll just do that in your tent. Yeah. Or find someone at one of the orgies and just fuck someone else. Would you like to learn about consent before putting it into practice in a morsel? Um, to be honest, I'd like I'd like some of my sexual partners to learn about consent. Because <laughs> yeah, at the moment, you know. Yeah, you're sick. <laughs> Come on, breathe. You can do it. You can make it through this joke. This is why we can't do it live. <laughs> I'm just too busy laughing at one. <laughs> laughing at your own jokes. You're sick of all the times people just jam it in there. Just, just, just like I'm minding my own business. Bam! In it goes. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, guys. I'm halfway for a toasted cheese sandwich. Uh, you touched on it earlier, but how dangerous do you think naked fondue is? <laughs> it just... Yikes. I, hot food, uh, especially hot cheese, yeah. with all the oil and the clinginess of the cheese. I don't need that. I'd be like this. I'd just be leaning so far over. Just like... Yeah, I think it. I think a, a blob of hot cheese landing on your cock is more dangerous than a leech <laughs> on your on your cock. Yeah, because you can just pull the leech yeah. off. The hot cheese is going to take your foreskin with it. Finally, would you like to try a semen bubble tea? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, me Why is that? It, I mean, bubble tea is rank. For let's just, let's just establish a baseline here. So you've taken something which is already gross and then had a wank in it. I'm just. What, who thought that was a good? Who is drinking this stuff? Who's wanking in it as well? And how clean are the people wanking? <laughs> That's your real question, yeah. isn't it? So these guys coming in my tea. When did they last wash their dick? Yeah. When was the last time? Do they have sand under their foreskin from the circle jack? It's like, oh, you're vegan. Do you want yeah. me to change my gloves? <laughs> <laughs> I can only have vegan semen. <laughs> Just none of this sounds at all. <laughs> okay, you can get through this. Come on, breathe. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. imagining you're in a subway. Okay, what flavour do you want? Oh, I'll have the strawberry, please. Okay, do you want the, what the little, what are those things called? The Bubbles? stuff they put in there. The, uh, it's not samalina, it's something like that. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll have some of those. Um, okay, did you want this vegan? Oh, yes, vegan. Oh, do I need to change my gloves? No, it's, no, it's fine. And they just bring out the vegan and just milk him into your tea. 
any sauce? Yeah, barbecue. Oh. And this Louisiana guy just comes out and tops it off for oh. you. <laughs> There's a bubble tea place in the Harbour Centre. Do you think they do it? So I go up and ask the, ask the Turkish guy there, do you do the semen ones? <laughs> or should I just sneak up there and come in a few? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just go upstairs and come over the, over the barrier. No, I just get my own cart and I just wheel it up next to his and <laughs> just outsell him by coming in each one. <laughs> How many people, like, if that's a popular stand, right, and they're selling a lot of these. Yeah. How many people have they right. got? Yeah, wanking into the... I mean, what, uh, once an hour I could probably manage? More if I'm suitably enticed, but if you've got thousands of people there at this festival and if they all rush, especially like day one, they're all like, yeah. oh, let's get some bubble tea with sperm in it, and they all rush over there. you just got like a bank of guys just permanently going at it. Or do you think right, for the month leading up to it, you have to just bank Or maybe they're, co- they're collecting it. Maybe they've yeah. yeah, got like donors. So how long has that semen sat before it's been put in your drink? Again, you're on the food, food hygiene, safety. You're not concerned about the fact that it's literal semen in your drink. You're like, has it been stored in food safe containers? Yeah, I have to get past the, the food safety before I can get to the... Am I going to get E. coli? It's, like, it's sperm, not a gone-off egg, buddy. It's not raw chicken. But still, like, what conditions are they storing it in? Where is it getting it from? Are they someone coming in there do you, do you have a long queue because someone's got to bash one out every time someone comes up like how logistically health safety wise can how I get a flavoured one you know can I get a guy that's been eating nothing but pineapples for a week yeah can I have asparagus <laughs> what about corned beef uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know if you eat enough corned beef it makes your piss smell a bit or if you have enough gravy your piss can smell a gravy is it the same I don't know if it's the same as semen Span. I don't generally sniff it spam flavoured spam flavoured ooh so if, if you are at Burning Man, if you are the the, 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 the people running this, by please, God, please, God, reach out to us. Let us know. Allay Reggie's fears about the conditions in which you are storing and preparing the semen before it goes into... I noticed you didn't ask about, like, the actual tea itself. You're just focusing on how clean is the dick that this is coming out of. Because that's what sets it apart from... <laughs> Normal bubble tea is the fact it's got semen in it. I mean, right? they're literally just digging up groundwater to make the tea with, but probably yeah. No, <laughs> oh, no, the sperm's fresh. And how I they... saw him. I saw him produce it. Oh, yeah. we're not we're gonna get off the, off the sperm. They're in the middle of the fucking Nevada desert. How are they keeping <laughs> that water? <laughs> what did the, I mean? How is it anyone? How are they storing that water? that it doesn't get to room it temperature just... and give you Wells disease. That's not how Wells disease works. Well, what's this issue from like rat piss? <laughs> Maybe not Wells disease. What's that one they say cab drivers get a lot because they'll get a drink and then they'll leave it in their car all day and then drink it the next day. But it's been being a wanker, being in the, like a plastic bottle or it's got a room temperature and it's molded or something. Oh, where the water just like starts growing stuff. Yeah. So how are they going to do that in the yeah, desert? That's that's what I was thinking because like I mean, we've seen it before. Uh, a mutual friend of ours uh, procured that big water cooler bottle of, of oh, water yeah. from the VIP area at a certain festival we won't mention. Yeah. Um, but the Cooper Temple Claws lived there. Um, and he brought it back. And within like a day of him stealing it, it was undrinkable because it had gone green. And fr- I mean, admittedly, he did leave it out in the sun. Yeah. But, but you're in the middle how? of the fucking desert, even under like 
even in the shade, it's probably got to be 90 I degrees. I suppose if it's, if it's sealed, you haven't got to worry about it. It'll get to room temperature. Just bring like loads sealed. of freezers and generators out there. And... Oh, shit. Is that where they're also... They've got the, the sperm in the freezers or in the fridges to keep it. No, they, they get it delivered in fresh daily. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they just go to the morning circle jerk. Oh, look, I've seen some of these videos. That's what it, that's what it is. The morning oh, my circle God. jerk. They've just got a big drain in the orgy tent and it all just flows down into a big tank and then they take it over for the bubble tea. Like, even at a festival, like, I've had sex on day four of a festival and it's not as clean as it is it's on day slow. one. <laughs> right, that's, that, that's what I was thinking earlier, right? Because we've done, like, four or five days at a festival. Yeah. This is and you days. get a couple of days in. By the time you leave the festival, there is... A miasma, yeah. which you don't notice if you stay on site the enti- entire time. But we've gone into into, into the town, town yeah. to have a shit, get yeah. a, a breakfast that wasn't going to cost 40 quid. Um, and when you get back, it kind of hits you in yeah. the face. So after, like, was it nine, nine days? days? Imagine you're, like, day eight, Bearing midday. In mind, desert. In, in the desert. End of August. Yeah, it's hot as fuck. Provided you haven't just died of heat stroke or something. And you've all been, you've been doing your your naked lightsaber in your morning wanks, the, the orgies, the, the 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 exercises and all that shit. Crafts, your arts and crafts. You're wearing your your cock ring and your armored bikini. You've been to the Viking rave. Can you imagine the state, the smell? There must just be a a cloud of stink lines yeah. just rising off of it. That that's a hole in the ozone layer being caused by that bo. The only thing they they. Um, supplies, portaloos, right? Yeah. Oh, oh! Yeah. Imagine going in one of those in like ninety degree heat <laughs> on day six or day <laughs> seven. The thing is, though, like I don't know about anybody else. It might just be that I genuinely normally have a good diet, but <laughs> we used to go on a Wednesday, and by Sunday, I was starting to have stomach problems. <laughs> where like. <laughs> alcohol and junk food for four days in a row was starting to cause. How, yeah. How was your stomach feeling on day nine? Well, that's why I assumed drugs. Yeah. Because if you're on enough drugs, you, yeah. you're not thinking to, you're, you're going to be drinking. And not eating. And not really eating. So, you know, you're maybe going to, sh- well, sometime around day two, you're going to have shit out everything that's in there and you're just going to be pissing from then on. Okay. Well, that's why I assume they do it. I don't know. I've never been to but Any Burning Man survivors, and you are survivors. <laughs> survivors, yeah. Um, Reach out, let us know because it's never appealed to me, and I can't. All I can do oh, is base it on, on our experience. Oh no, fuck off! We can't go next year for touching. I'm taking a fucking RV. Oh yeah, with air conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go. We'll do some gonzo journalism. God, yes, we'll, we'll take just, drugs and, take, and talk take, about like alligators in the lobby. Sorry, Amy, but. You know what gonzo journalism is. I had to make an album to live it. I had to experience it. I had to go it. to the orgy, and me and Reggie had to go to the morning circle jerk. It's the only way we we're going to masturbate. The only way we could we could really, you know, in front of each other and it not be gay. <laughs> no <laughs> journalism. I didn't have to bring Olaf, the naked Viking, home from me home from the rave with me, but he's a nice guy. What is a Viking rave? Is it just? It's just going to be like Nordic what? rave music. Yeah, but is it? Like what I imagine Valhalla is, like, like a big wooden cabin. Everyone's sitting around drinking out of them big... No, it'll be a rave. So there'll be lasers. It will be like Nordic-themed rave music because they love that shit out there. Oh, so there'll be and no... people in furs with, with horns drinking, quaffing. 
There'll be no ecstasy. It'll all just be quaffing. Quaffing out of hand. You'll, you'll get wetter there than you will at the orgy. orgy yeah. <laughs> you just, by the end of that, you have to swim out. That's not the longboats yeah. anymore to get you out of there because it's just a sea of semi-quaffed ale. And like this and love juice. orgy tent where they give lectures on consent. Is it like nine till five? Consent lectures, lectures from 5.30 till midnight. Orgy. Just go for it. I mean, the fact that, like, they, 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 they put in the same sentence, they're giving lectures on consent <laughs> whilst providing spaces for people to go off and have sex. It's like, so what? Can I basically fuck someone and their friends Is it- while listening to a lecture on consent? Am I going to go and sit there with my notebook yeah. and have... You know, a couple banging next to me. Do you remember? I don't have a problem with this. Do you remember, but... do you remember at Reading that year that we went Sunday morning? We all got our cups of our shit, shit over five pound tea. cups of tea. Yeah, and went and sat in the comedy tent and listened to that lecture about Watchmen. <laughs> yes. Is it kind of like that? But at the end of the, the lecture, they're like, and go. And everyone just starts fucking. I assume so. In that tent. But I assume that also there were like curtains around the, the comedy tent. Where periodically people will just go in there, bang, and then come out, and someone else will go in. I assume it's it's that sort of. Again, the only way we're going to find out is by going there. Just, so, just for just for just fifteen hundred pound a month between now and the next Burning Man, you can pay for us to go to Burning Man. Yeah, you can pay for twelve blowjobs. <laughs> we will live stream it. Yeah. We're stuck. We won't. We won't. Obviously, you can't buy anything. Japanese porn style. <laughs> <laughs> Where our penises are pixelated. pixelated. I thought you just meant we were going to be tentacle monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Tajik's tentacle tent. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we can charge people and do this on stage. Oh my god! <laughs> orange tentacles everywhere. It's like you just walk through this gate and it's just tentacles in your de- de- tentacles everywhere. Well, that biggest, our biggest, like, do you know? I just made that reference that I lecture at Reading just to remind Casey and freak her out. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? Our biggest expense for that would be fake cum because we need, like, we need a fire engine just filled with it, attached to these tentacles, yeah. so that at key moments they can all just splurge this stuff. How do the vendors and the people organising this actually make any money off it? Because it sounds more like you just turn up to the desert and you're part of it, like the original Woodstock. Yeah, you just turn up and you're they're there, but they they don't accept money. I don't so, know. So how are we going to get the money for the big orange tent, the tentacles, the fire truck, the fake Project, car? For just fifteen fifteen hundred pounds a month, you can sponsor two fuckers to go to a desert and investigate a possible sex cult for nine days. Yeah, yeah. possibly never come back possibly never come back depending on how good the naked pirate parties are the possible sex cult is (laughs) yeah if it's a really good sex cult this will become sex cult until the joy is gone (laughs) (laughs) oh we gotta go that's if I could convince the production how do you get a press badge for Burning Man to pay for us to do a documentary on anything it would be Burning Man it should be day one. They're already moaning. It is too it's hot. too hot. I don't like sand. It's coarse and irritating and it gets, it gets everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> day two. Reggie hasn't been seen for 12 hours. He's still in his RV. <laughs> day two. Reggie is starving because he doesn't trust the food safety. And he's already been kicked out of Burning Man by trying to chat people up using Anakin Skywalker's chat lines. Day four. Rooney now only answers to the name Sven and refuses to leave the Viking like rave. <laughs> day seven. He's now going as... <laughs> 
Sven Lita in his armoured bikini. <laughs> Day eight. Both of the boys are locked in their in their in their RVs today with explosive diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> and heat stroke. <laughs> yeah. Day nine. Paramedics had to airlift the two of them in the in the dead of night. <laughs> they were heard screaming, can't wait for Burning Man 2025. <laughs> As they were airlifted hey, away. Who's got my spunky tea? <laughs> <laughs> this is vegan! I knew I was onto a winner when I found this one yesterday's oh, article. Oh, Lord. Good heavens. Brilliant. Right. Uh, coming soon Wait. to a theatre near you, <laughs> Reggie and Rooney. Reggie and Rooney. Oh, God. Such a glad. Uh, we are like nearly an hour and a half in. Oh, we did it again. See, this is what happens. I t- a few weeks ago, I said, right, we've got four episodes in a row. <laughs> Classic Tajik. <laughs> here I am laughing my head off, having a good old time. <laughs> Imagining the food health, the food safety violation being <laughs> yeah. committed right now in the desert. Not right now. Like, even when you hear this on Wednesday. Someone is, is, is jizzing into a tea with unclean hands. Someone has been to a circle jerk. Somebody is in an orgy tent getting lectured about. Oh, they, oh, wait, they're eight hours behind us, aren't they? Uh, the West Coast, yeah. Yeah, so oh, they're like what eight nine hours behind. So it's and they, they're at the circle joint now. No, it's it's what is it? it's only like twenty to four right now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's still quite early. It's eight a.m. But oh, actually, no, yeah, they aren't the circle they're joint. The circle or they're doing their naked sunrise run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're brewing up the bubble tea for the day. <laughs> 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 Someone's at a circle jail with a little cup like a little cup taking <laughs> donations. You're gonna come, come into this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just goth. Amen. That makes my skin crawl. At least put on a dress. Um so we watched a film this week. <laughs> what, with that hair and those glasses? Yeah. <laughs> it just looks like a hipster chick. <laughs> Sorry, hipster chick. I actually, ah, uh, yesterday I was on Patreon, and it still lists me as following you. So I clicked, oh, yeah. I clicked on your profile, and I went down. There's a picture of you in a blonde wig. Is that? Yeah. Oh my, my Conderarian one. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, my, no, it's the that one. It's my yeah, um, Legend of Zelda one. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Just you. I never did it because I fucking hate wigs. In that wig. Yeah. Just going around like, come into this. Come into this. No, I just put my hair in a ponytail or or pigtails. They love that. (laughs) Look, yes, you can pull on the pigtails. One each. (laughs) Oh, that's what I say to Amy. Um, We tie our pigtails together. It's adorable. Um, We watched a film. So, you keep bringing us back, okay? I've just got visions of you two, back to back, double-ended dildo in each of you with your with your your pigtails tied together, and you just try and run away from each the other. Prob- and just keep getting pulled back onto the dildo. The problem is, we forget to set up the dildo beforehand, oh, so we're oh. just like trying to get it, and we're just shuffling across. It's like a three-legged race sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> to me, to you, to me. And to be honest, the Chuckle Brother references just completely spoil the buzz. I was going to say, you look like naked Zoibok. <laughs> <laughs> this way, this way. This All way. pink and gross. Yeah. yeah, no, that's about right. Uh, we watched a film this week. Tell the people what it was, for the love of God. We could legit just make smarty jokes for half an hour. <laughs> Fuck off. I can't handle another half an hour of those smarty jokes. 
<laughs> I see you getting a semi, right? <laughs> Why, you think I put on my linen trousers, yeah. baby? <laughs> uh, hang on, you didn't know I was bringing such smart this week. No, I mean, it's like nearly 40 degrees in here and yeah. I'd have died otherwise. Um, this wearing, week, wearing a grey shirt could prove to be a mistake, yeah. mistake though. This week, we watched a film that was as was slightly less influential to my childhood than The Goonies. Okay. Like, if I watched The Goonies a thousand times in my childhood, yeah. I must have watched this film 800 times. <laughs> but The Goonies was the more fun version. I was going to say, The Goonies is yeah. more fun than this film It's was. a more fun adventure than this yeah. one. But this film was called Stand By Me. Doom, 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 doom. I wasn't deciding whether I was going to go into that or the Oasis version to start with. (laughs) I'll edit in the actual thing there. Um, So, yeah, we watched that. I'd never seen it before, as I said earlier. Um, I didn't hate it. Oh, really? Yeah. I probably wouldn't watch it again, but I didn't hate it. No, like as much nostalgia that is wrapped up in this film for me, I probably won't watch it again. Yeah. Like... I think I've aged out of it now. Yeah, it's not like you said. It's not the fun eighties no, film it's, it's for the not. most. Well, there are, don't get me wrong. There are some genuine laugh out oh, loud yeah, moments absolutely. in this film. And it's and if you're like I was probably eight, nine, ten, eleven, yeah. twelve watching it, and it's you can see yourself in the characters. Yes, it's just less. There's no booby traps. No, there's no one-eyed willy. <laughs> there's no diversity whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, it's the 1950s America. Yeah. It's 2023 America. Yeah. Small, try that in a small town. Oh. References. Topical. <laughs> anyway, I've got loads of trivia about this film because <laughs> lots of people like it, apparently. Oh, okay. Let's go. So, it was released. Uh, and again, we were so close to being on point with this. Oh, really? 22nd of August, 1986. Oh. Yeah, we did that, the last two films the yeah. wrong way around. Um, had a budget of $8 million US dollars. Don't know where the fuck they spent it, but they had it. Uh, I'm assuming Kiefer Sutherland's die job. Yeah, and then that whole setup for the uh, for the uh, Davy Hogan story in the middle, because <laughs> that's about the only place that they <laughs> didn't just go out into the middle of nowhere and, and shoot, just right? film a four yeah. kids walking along. Yeah, uh, at the bo- at the box office though. No, they oh. spent it on Corey Feldman's glasses. Oh yes, because there's there's a lot of material. There's, there, they were, there were some chunky glasses. Yeah. Uh, the box office uh, made fifty two point three million US dollars. Oh, Jesus! So that's that's a hell of a turnaround, especially for nineteen eighty six. Forty four million. Forty four million. Yeah. yeah, big bucks. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Rob Reiner. Yeah. Who also directed This Is Spinal Tap, The Princess Bride, and Misery. Can't really get no. four less related films than those three and Stand by Me. No, I've never seen <clears throat> The Princess Bride, but I've heard I've seen enough of it. <laughs> I've heard so much about it. It's like a it's a cult film, right? It's, it's, a, got it's as a fantasy much a comedy, yes. Yeah, following as like oh, yeah. this, this film has. It's got definitely. a huge following, yeah. And so the spinal tap. He makes cult films, Rob yeah. Reiner, right? And in misery. Yeah, and misery. And yeah. it's just like what that's a psychological thriller. <laughs> Was that Stephen King as well though? Uh misery is, yeah. Yeah, so he probably cut his teeth doing this King and they were like, All right, you've done a novella. Now you can do a <laughs> Now you can do it, you can do a proper yeah. one. Uh it's obviously, as you said, based uh on the novella. By Stephen King, The Body. Which is, you can still buy. I looked it up this morning. You can indeed. Yeah. It was in a, it's in a, an available in a collection of novellas yeah. as well. I can't remember the name of that. Uh, and I don't think I wrote it down because I was like, I don't need to write it down. I'll remember that. I clearly didn't. Um, starring Wesley Crusher. Uh, sorry, I mean, Will Wheaton. 
River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, and Kiefer Sutherland. Because everyone loved Kiefer Sutherland in like the mid eighties. Oh yeah, I've got a note about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, you were going to say that then. Oh. Well, yeah, well, I'm just going to say, I like to think Kiefer Sutherland's character in this film is the pre-vampire version of his character, of his character in the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. So look, look identical. <laughs> they they identical. really do, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, this happened, then somewhere along the lines, he got turned into a vampire and went to the West Coast. <laughs> and then he just becomes that one. Yeah. It's like a prequel. It's like a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> Unofficial prequel. <laughs> Headcanon now. Yeah. Uh, Reiner and the producers interviewed more than 70 boys for the four main roles out of more than 300 who auditioned. Uh, Phoenix originally read for the part of Gordy Lachance. Ethan Hawke auditioned for Chris Chambers. Ah, okay. They, yeah, they went through a lot to find people for this these roles. River Phoenix does not strike me as a Gordy Lachance. He strikes nope. me as a Chris Chambers. Yeah. At that point in time. At that point in time, yeah. yeah. Um. Principal photography began on June the 17th, 1985 and ended on August the 23rd, 1985. Oh, okay. So like two months. Yeah. Incredibly short. Yeah. Like I was expecting it to be a lot longer than that. And apparently there was only, I think they said one day where the weather was shit. The rest of it. Oh yeah. It looks gorgeous. Was, was gorgeous yeah. the entire time, which they were like, you know, it was really handy because this whole film takes place over two days sort of thing. Yeah. And they had good weather for the, the duration. It looks basically. good as well. Although I was like, I was watching the film and they're like, it's so hot, it's so tiring doing this journey, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, not one of you is sweating. No, no not sweat a, at not all. Not a bead of sweat anyway. <laughs> not even Vern. Uh, after director Rob Reiner screened the movie for Stephen King, he noticed that King was visibly shaking and wasn't speaking. He left the room and upon his return, told Reiner that the movie was the best adaptation of his work he had ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah, Stephen King is a big fan of this film. Okay. Considering there's been a lot of adaptations yeah. of his work over the years. Yeah, and this was just basically the, his the best one. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, in the cap- oh. Most authors hate... Hate all the, the adaptations of their work. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it is quite nice from a, on a, just a purely human level to, to know that, like, it, a writer was happy with a film. A film. It, it does happen. I suppose it works better if you're doing it with a novella because the about, content in a novella. I was about to say, was it easier to turn a novella into a film than you a You don't novel? have to cut anything yeah. out or anything like that. You can basically just tell the whole story as it's presented because that's about the same sort of length yeah, as a feature film. Especially a film that functions like this one, which yes. is basically just four boys going out. It's to a very straightforward story. Is, yeah, linear. Pardon me. Yes, that's the word. Uh, in the campfire scene in which Chris, Chris breaks down, Rob Reiner was sure River Phoenix could do better. He asked him to think of a time in his own life when an adult had let him down and use it in the scene, which Phoenix did. Upset and crying, he had to be comforted by the director afterwards. The result of Phoenix's exercise is the scene that ended up in the final cut. Oh. Yeah. It's like, basically, I want you to suffer. Yeah. You're going to have trauma for this. You need to suffer for your art, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Will Wheaton, and Jerry O'Connell got into a lot of mischief in the hotel they were staying in during filming. Oh, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this included throwing all the poolside furniture into the pool, <laughs> Wheaton fixing video games in the lobby so they could play them for free, and Phoenix, spurred on by the other boys, unknowingly covering Keith, Kiefer Sutherland's car in mud, only discovering whose car it was when Sutherland confronted a scared and nervous Phoenix about it later on. <laughs> With a flick knife. With a flick knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, borrowed from the props department. Yeah. 
Sutherland claimed in an interview that in one of the locations of the film, a Renaissance fair was being held, and the cast and crew attended and bought some cookies. Unfortunately, the cookies turned out to have been laced with pot. And two hours later, the crew found Jerry O'Connell high and crying in the corner of the park. Oh no, poor fan. <laughs> I just love that. Just, oh my God. Like, how did, uh, like, I know it was the 80s, right? But <laughs> how did, like, Child Protective Services not turn up to this film set? Oh, mate, it was the 80s. Who cares? Yeah, Nobody cared about kids back then. Come on, we, we survived. The 80s. We should wear a T-shirt saying, I, I survived, survived parenting in the 80s. Yeah. Um, Rob Reiner considers this the best film he has ever made. Okay, fair enough. So, you know, the author that wrote the novella loves, loves it. it. And the director, the director thinks it. it's the best thing he ever made. So uh, the $2.37 the boys have to buy supplies prior to their journey had the purchasing power at uh, the purchasing value in 1959 that $22.53 had in December 2021 and that $2.37 has in 2023. What a world it must have been to get all that beef and those bonds for just two dollars face. I know, right? It's like yeah, there you go, it's a dollar and a half of, of hamburger. <laughs> it's like the family's meat for the week. Yeah. Uh Rob Reiner agonized over the pie eating scene because he was having trouble trying to envision what kind of writer Gordy would become and how that would play out as a twelve year old. Ultimately, in my mind, he became Stephen King, Reiner said. And Stephen King is a great storyteller, and most of the stories he tells are supernatural or there's horror involved. He decided to go over the top with it and make it rather cartoonish, the way it would appear in a young boy's mind. According to Reiner, the audiences went crazy for it, justifying his decision to leave it in. Yeah. I, think, I can't remember. Scenes. We were talking about something else, and I think you were talking about how Spielberg had pulled some trick in a theatre when he was a kid. Yeah. Vomit, and I was like, oh, that's funny, because I saw that in Stand By Me. <laughs> but yeah, they like, I didn't remember a lot of this film <laughs> sitting down to watch it. Definitely remembered that scene. Right? <laughs> I can see why, yes. Uh, during the 2016 oral history of this film in the trade publication Variety, Jerry O'Connell said it was not until after he had already been dating Rebecca Romijin, who would become his wife, for many months that he learned she had been a devoted fan of the movie as a child and she wasn't the one to tell him. O'Connell said... I'm married to Rebecca Romijin, a beautiful model. She's way out of my league, a million times out of my league. About three months into dating, uh, and my wife is from Berkeley, and we went up there to meet her high school friends. We got a little drunk, and our high school best friend said to me, you know Stand By Me is Rebecca's favourite movie of all time. Did you know she had posters of it all over her room growing up? She never told me that. Of course not. No. How weird would that be? I mean, first of all, like... You'd be like, you a stalker? You? Just like... Um, Imagine, like, marrying someone who you had posters of yeah. on your wall. I mean, it's quite a unique circumstance because, obviously... They um, would have been the same age. They would have been the same age yeah. rather than, like, someone like us having posters of uh, Nicole Kidman or something yeah. who's now old as fuck. Sam Fox. Sam Fox, gosh. Well, she was... All right, Gal. Yeah, no, it makes sense. What was her name? Gal. Gal Porter? Gal Porter, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another one. Uh, Lauren, not Lauren and Vern. Oh, oh, oh. You know who I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, Donna, Donna Rare. Donna Rare, that's Donna, it, yes. Yeah. She popped into my head the other day and I was like, oh, whatever happened to her? Uh, I, meant, I meant to Google Donna, if you're listening, love, hit us up. Yeah, you can come on Touchy. Come on me. You can come to Burning Man with us. <laughs> you can come to Burning Man with us, yes. You'll love the Naked Pirate Festival. Um, <laughs> while practising his lines, Jerry O'Connell was impressed that, as an 11-year-old, he was being allowed to swear 
Oh, okay. Which, I mean, they swear quite a lot, the yeah. kids in this film. And like, it's not like Goonies where there's a couple of shits thrown in there. They do literally go for it. Yeah. Which I think works in this film because these are four kids. Yes. No parental oversight. And I remember myself at 12. If I was with like, <laughs> no parental oversight, yeah, I wouldn't have thought twice about swearing. On that note, the producers told Rob Reiner to add a bunch of obscenities to get the R rating since they thought nobody would go to see a PG or PG-13 Stephen King movie. But that just, that amuses me. Because <laughs> a coming-of-age movie and they wanted that R rating. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, as, a, as a, someone that saw this at the right point in their life and was able to relate to it, to know that, like, I <laughs> technically would have been, like, unable to watch it. Yeah, until you were, like, 16. Yeah. Yeah. But it came over to the UK where we don't care about swearing. Yeah, we don't give a fuck about we, Nobody gives a fuck about no. swearing. Um, <laughs> in the scene where Gordy and Chris race each other through the junkyard, Will Wheaton could run faster than Ripper Phoenix but Wheaton's character was supposed to lose. Wheaton had to fake a fast run when, whilst actually running slow so that Phoenix's character could win. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, look at it, and I'm like, there's no fucking way. Oh, oh yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, the novella and the film take place in the town of Castle Rock, Maine, then Oregon, respectively, because they changed it for some reason. A lot of Stephen King's writing takes place, takes place in Castle in Maine. Rock. Yeah. Castle Rock Castle Rock pops up there's a lot of things in especially from Stephen King's early works which cross over characters that appear in different things places references that are made that's why they uh, recently in the last couple of years they made a TV series called Castle Rock based on periphery Stephen King characters or things that happened yeah um uh, yeah Castle Rock became the name of Rob Reiner's production company oh okay yeah Uh, At the insistence of director Rob Reiner, an avid non-smoker who campaigned for anti-smoking laws in California, the cigarettes smoked by the boys were made from lettuce leaves. Oh, good. And apparently were absolutely rancid to smoke. I bet, yeah. Um, Will Wheaton's grandfather starred in Wagon Train back in 1957. Oh, is that why they say... His grandmother asked that Wagon Train somehow be worked into the dialogue. And they say, I don't care about Wagon Train. They never go anywhere. They, they just, just carry on wagon, wagon training. training. <laughs> uh, according to Andy Lindbergh, Lardass, Lardass Hogan, a child extra actually threw up for real during the filming of the Barfarama. The vomit used in the Lardass, Lardass story was made from cottage cheese and blueberry. I can't find... Yeah, watching all that vomiting made me feel sick. I bet it... I thought that as yeah. soon as they started, I was like, Reggie sat there feeling sick yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never going to eat blueberry pie. Can you imagine there. the smell in that oh, te- yeah. in, on that set? Blueberry and what was it? Fucking cottage cheese. Ooh. And that's a horrible combination. Yeah. And it would have been warm and all those people in there. I don't, I'm going to be sick now. <laughs> Making, That's Patreon content. This is making me sicker than the idea of Burning Man. <laughs> it's all right. The blueberries were stored in a, a proper airtight containers between two and eight degrees. Between right? two and eight degrees, yeah. yeah. And everyone handled and washed their hands. Okay, cool. Um, the character Ray Brower, also known as the dead body, yeah. appears alive and well during the Lardas pie eating contest scene. He can be seen standing behind the twins. Ah, oh, yeah. I like that. And it is a blink and you'll miss it yeah. thing. Um, the film's success resulted in renewed interest in the Ben E. King song, which inspired the title used in the movie and is featured on the soundtrack. 
King's version of the song was originally released in 1961 and was re-released at the time of the film. The re-release reached the top 10, peaking at number 9 in the fall of 1986. I never thought that song ever went out of fashion. I uh, thought it was it, a perennial. Well, since this film came out, it basically yeah. hasn't, because that kind of reintroduced it to the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, the late Michael Jackson was asked to do a cover of Benny King's song, Stand By Me, for the movie. Rob Reiner, in the end, thought the original version, version better suited the movie. Yeah, much better. I think I've heard the Michael Jackson version. Oh, I think I have. I think I fairly said when I read that, I was like, yeah, no, I've heard that. Where have I heard that? I think the original, just because of the time frame the film set, makes more sense. It just makes way more sense. Yeah. Uh, Coca Cola bought Embassy Pictures, the film's original production company, and announced it wasn't going to fund the film just two days before production was due to begin. Norman Lear, who had worked with Rob Reiner for years on All in the Family, since 1971, was one of the three owners of Embassy prior to its sale. He believed in the project enough that he agreed to personally foot the film's $8 million budget. Oh, okay. So he made 40 or 50 or whatever 50, I said yeah. it was earlier. He believed in it and got himself even more richer. Yeah. <laughs> rich just keep getting richer. Exactly. Uh, Sean Astin, much beloved actor, yeah, uh, said he auditioned for the role of Chris right after River Phoenix had done his audition. When Astin walked into the room, he said he knew that he had no chance because he saw the filmmakers were choked up and holding back tears, meaning Phoenix had just nailed his audition. Astin said he was equally impressed by Phoenix's performance when he saw the film and agreed that Phoenix was the right actor for the part. Yeah, because uh, Mikey from Goonies is not the kid from a, a no, troublesome a troubled family. Home. No. no, really not. It, it wouldn't work. Yeah, he's not going to pull off that James Dean white T-shirt, cigarette With the cigarette rolled yeah. into the thing. Look at her. No. No. Uh, the, late, the late River Phoenix lost his virginity during filming. Rob Reiner remembers that Phoenix came into work one day, and we quote, with a big smile on his face after spending the night with a family friend. He wrote to Reiner on a piece of paper, it finally happened. In other coming-of-age news, Corey Feldman drank alcohol, kissed a girl off-screen, and smoked pot for the first time during that fateful summer of 1985. Ah, oh, so this is where it all went. It all started to go all downhill. All started to go downhill. I would, I would just like to say, who the fuck loses their virginity at 13 years old? Is that or were they legit the age of the characters in the film? Like 12, 13. Uh, I, don't, I can't recall exactly, but they were around that age. I think, it, I think in the age, I, I think it was quite common back then. I was in the 80s, admittedly, at this point. In, what was this? 86. At yeah, this point, like I was three four. or four, yeah. Um, I didn't expect to lose my virginity at four. Fair fair play. But uh, by rights, I should have been losing it sometime around 92, 93. I don't. Actually didn't happen until significantly later than that. I know. I read a book once where they said that Noel Gallagher lost his virginity at 13. I have read something once that said Kevin Smith lost his virginity <laughs> at 13. When are you going to lose yours? Uh, 43. 43? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we know you've lost your anal, but... <laughs> Next summer at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> to, a, to a sweaty, drunken yeah. Viking. <laughs> uh, I did not consent to this. <laughs> you need to go to watch that consent lecture yeah. and actually watch it this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stop getting distracted by the circle jerk next door. Uh, the train scene took a full week of shooting making use of four small adult female stunt doubles with closely cropped hair made up to look like the film's protagonists. Plywood planks were laid across the trestles to provide a safer surface on which the stunt doubles could run. 
And right. apparently for most of that, like the scenes where it's actually the, the kids running, um, they used, what, is it, what do they call it? Macro lens compression. Oh, okay. To make, to make the, tra the train look yeah. much closer. Apparently, they were never in any danger. Of course not. No. Like the, the they were at one end of the bridge, and the train was literally at the other, moving incredibly slowly. Yeah, I know they probably didn't care too much, <laughs> but they probably cared enough not to kill the stars of their film. Apparently, I don't think I put it in here, but there was an accident in the Twilight Zone uh, episodes that were filming early sixties, I think it was, right. where an actor and two young children were killed on set. Uh, there was a like a stage explosive went off on the tail of a helicopter and it actually blew off the tail rotor. So the helicopter then crashed and the rotor blade basically diced this guy, oh. this actor and two kids into dog food. Uh, and after that happened, like child protection on yeah. set immediately clamped down and uh, had a direct effect on this because they had to be so careful yeah. on what they did and there were limits on where they could go, what they could do and for how long. Which, yeah, apparently made this film a lot harder to, yeah, to make that. because yeah. obviously the whole, well, 99% of the cast are kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, contrary to urban legend, the leeches were fake. They were molded latex stuck on with rubber cement, which the boys found irritating on their skin. And the red marks are made up with red makeup. Will Whitten recounted in a 2000 interview that the tenacious cement with red colouring mixed into it to simulate blood caused them to be denied admission to a hydrotube water slide after that day's filming because it looked like they had a contagious skin disease. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't all fun and games. It wasn't all fun and games. Oh, well, unless you're Corey Feldman or... Or River, River Phoenix, Phoenix, in which case, yeah. hey, hey. Getting laid and doing drugs. I mean, yeah. It took us a good, like, 15 years after that to, <laughs> to start doing that sort of thing. Hang on. I'm a virgin that's never done drugs in his life. Teddy says that he and his dad had fished the Royal River for cozies. <laughs> there is no fish by that name. This is a joke and a play on words. Cozies are 1950s era one-piece one one bathing suits. Yeah. The name derives from costume. The British, oi oi, call bathing suits swimming costumes. Yeah. Um, as soon as you said so, that, I, like, hey, I yeah, see that. I see were, what you did there. They were hunting for hot women in... Or they were just fishing up swimming costumes. <laughs> Either one is pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, in the Spanish Castilian dub, Gordy's name was changed to Corny, since Gordy in Spanish is pronounced like Gordo, which means fatty. Oh. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Uh, the producers told Rob Reiner they. Oh, I already said about the obscenities. Uh, and in response to his taunting during filming, Jerry O'Connell was bitten on the upper lip by Popeye, who played Chopper the Junkyard Dog. <laughs> during the whole campfire scene, his lips are swollen. Oh, really? <laughs> that dog is adorable. It is, yeah. But, uh, make him out to be like some really angry, ferocious, like mastiff or something. And then it's like this scruffy looking Labrador. And it just comes and lays there. It just lays down and he's like, oh man, he's so cute. <laughs> he's such a cute dog. I, you actually feel... Feel bad when they start mocking him. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, well, boys, you, you, you're losing the moral high ground yeah. here. <laughs> uh, well, that, I don't have a death toll, obviously. There's no body count. One. There's no body count. Not body count. Yeah, but you know, body count. What's the body count in this film, Reggie? One. Yes, that's the whole point of this film, Reggie. Uh, just a middle-aged man hanging out in his Land Rover yeah. on a country road, watching the kids go past. This is the easiest thing Richard Dreyfuss has ever shot, right? All he had to do is literally just sit there and stare into space. Yeah. At the beginning 
And at the end. I kind of wondered if his character should be on a watch list somewhere. Yeah. Um, Castle Rock looks nice, although I imagine you you would hate it. It looks horrendous. It's like the stuff of nightmares. All fucking redneck 1950s yanks. It looks quite nice, though. Not an off-coloured face in sight. Oh, no, not that. Obviously, I'd like the 2023 version with a bit of diversity. But or do the dance routine down Main Street. Just a- Hey! Just... <laughs> Oh, yeah, just, 2012 references there, mate. It just looks quite nice. It looks horrible. It's dusty. It's old. It's full of people. And those people know who I am and, like, would know what was going on. Yeah, that's the part. When they start taunting the um, the guy at the junkyard, and he's yeah. like, I actually know. I know all of your are. dads. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 12-year-old smoking. I wonder how much they made from their cigarette sponsor. <laughs> Do you ever actually see the cigarette packet? There's one in his shirt. Yeah, but that's you just don't like see a, the you cigarette don't actually see the brand or anything, do you? No, you just, but you see cigarettes. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got more notes on it. I, to like, be honest, knowing what I now know about Rob Reiner, um, he he's, he was like a spokesperson. He's got his own fucking uh, active charity, like campaigning for... Uh, what is it? Equal op- op- equal opportunities and civil rights, and he was a massive campaigner against smoking in the eighties. He may well have been, but the studio may have been unscrupulous and been like, "We need a budget." I don't think so film. because this wasn't really funded by a studio. This was funded by what's his name? <laughs> I find it so weird to hear twelve-year-olds extolling the virtue of a cigarette after dinner. I know, right? Like literal children enjoying a relaxing cigarette after dinner. It's the bit like that's the bit. I mean, I've got it somewhere else. I can't find a note now, but it. Oh, here we go. At the point that they all light up cigarettes after dinner, <laughs> I'm convinced this film is basically just a cigarette advert. And like, because you, there's the so shot of all of them like lighting this twelve year old kids lighting cigarettes, and then it's on Vern, and he's just like, oh. they smoke better than I do. Oh yeah, <laughs> he has that. He has that moment. It's like a cigarette advert. Where it he's really like, is. He's like. Ah, oh, cigarette after dinner. Ah, the smooth taste. Yeah. Remington cigarette. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of expect the, the branded logo to pop up on screen. Like, some money came from cigarettes. Or, or was that just Unless an accurate it was just representation of the kids in the 50s? Or the or a novel, maybe. But, yeah, they smoke a lot for they a film. They do smoke a lot. Yeah. I don't know how frequently kids were, were smoking back, like little 12-year-old children. I think they probably, back in them days, a lot of people well, I suppose smoked. at the time it was still a health thing, wasn't yeah. it? It was like, oh, yeah, no, they're good for you. Um, look how adorable Will Wheaton is. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, oh, my God, just like a little action figure. <laughs> Corey Feldman chews the scenery right from the off in this film. Oh, there is no holding him back. No, the second he, the camera's on him, he's just larger he than He's just life. turned up to 11 the yeah. entire time. I mean... By a lot of accounts, that's what he's like in real life. So yeah. it kind of makes sense. And but that's the, that is his character. Yeah. Was larger than life compared to the other three. But yeah, he does yeah. not hold back. It doesn't, uh, doesn't always play out well in the end. Uh, I know he's a kid, but expecting parents to go over the death of their son in under four months is a bit optimistic. <laughs> it is a tad optimistic. Yeah. It's like four months later and they're still not over it. Yeah, but <laughs> four months later, they still won't talk to him. Yeah. That's not right. He's 12. <laughs> oh, his dad does. It's just his mom. Yeah, but, I mean, can you imagine living in that atmosphere oh, for four no, months? Oh, God, no. I would have run away from home. Um, I always wanted a treehouse. Oh, yeah, me too. I never had trees in my garden big enough to build one in. Me neither. And although there were <coughs> potential trees to use out in the wilderness oh, right. of, of our town, 
It wouldn't have lasted. It would have got set on fire. Yeah, we built camps as kids. Mm. Oh, yeah. But I never got a treehouse. I was one of the treehouse. This and certain other films always made me want to have And Simpsons. The Simpsons. Always made me want to have a treehouse. Yeah. I'm oh, just going to – once once we get that Joe Rogan money and I've got, like, a, a house with some land, I'm Did just going to – Tell you how I become obsessed with this program. The girl I was with at the time used to mock me relentlessly. <laughs> so I used to have to watch it when she was at work. <laughs> I think it was called Treehouse Masters. It was basically like there was this group of like four or five um, carpenters and like professional treehouse makers. And then people out in America that had like mass amounts of land with trees on yeah. and money would hire them and they'd be like, we want a treehouse like this. And then they would come and build these in like luxury tree houses for him. But it it was it was just there was a part it was the child part of me. Yeah. Always wanted the tree house. Always the tree house. Was was amazed by like these grown adults getting these luxury tree houses built for them. And I, <laughs> I was obsessed with that program for about well I watched two seasons of it, so maybe a year. God. And then I kind of moved on well, when, when, we, when we get that Joe Rogan money, we, we can get it. a treehouse. Ewok Village. Build an Ewok Village. We'll have a studio up there. Uh, sorry. I, I, was, <laughs> um, I, I looked down and I was like, if you were on a ship, would you believe in superstitions like the Jonah? Um, no, that was last week. <laughs> uh, where was I? Kids with guns. It's good to know that things in America don't all change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it loaded? Hell no. What do you think I am? Yeah. It was, of course, loaded. Um, uh, in, in 2023, Teddy would be overly medicated way before he stood on the on the railway train. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Jesus! <laughs> so overly medicated, he wouldn't have been able to leave the house. He wouldn't have been able to leave the house. He'd just have been playing like Fortnite or something. Yeah. Uh, so many mentions of Harlow. I was not expecting this. No, I, like nothing in my research or anything anyone has ever said to me about this film ever mentioned the fact that like Harlow is is mentioned every other fucking line, and I'm just like, what the hell? I can't remember it ever like being a thing when I was a kid, but I'm sure as a kid I was probably like, <gasps> I used to do that last night because she was a massive fan of this film when she was younger. Yeah. And when she found out we were covering it, she was like, right, we'll go watch it together. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, I used to love it when I was younger. So I was like, hello, we live there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Vern, it was literally your idea to go find the body. Don't try pussying out now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we've got to go find it. Oh, okay, let's do it. Oh, guys, I don't know if we should. What? That's it's almost as bad as like someone coming up with a, a promotional idea for some kind of, uh, let's say, podcast that involves dressing up in, in pink latex and, and laying seats to a cost of coffee, but not wanting to do it themselves. What? That'd be bullshit. Suddenly starting to identify with Vern a lot. Yeah, I thought you would. Uh, do you think people ever smash mailboxes in real life, or do you think that was invented for films? No, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Is um angry Americans. Angry Americans stuck out in butt fuck nowhere. Yeah. Um, does any parent ever approve of their children's friends? No. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking about it, I'm like, nope, my parents hated Reggie and most of my other friends. They only for a time being. Only though. for a time, yeah. Yeah. Until they got to know me. They don't mm. oh. <laughs> no, they still didn't approve they didn't hate you, just didn't approve of you. They were like, why can't you get some good friends? Why don't totally. you get some friends that don't make you go out wandering the streets all night? Why don't you get some friends that will, you know, sleep with your other friends' girlfriends? Oh no, you've already got one of them. It was like, oh, what? You mean like my nerdy friend who I played Warhammer with all the way through school? No, 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 not like him, because he's a fucking weirdo. And it's just like, make up your fucking mind. 
parents, man. Uh, the train safety adverts of the 1990s have made me way... On <laughs> the record, my parents never dis- disapproved of you. They were a bit... Oh, your dad disapproved of me. <laughs> they were a bit freaked out. I didn't really know how to take it. But they never once said, why are you friends with him? Why are you friends with him? They just assumed it was community outreach. Yeah, they did keep trying to push me down out more than my fucking friends. <laughs> uh, the train safety adverts of the 1990s have made me way too yeah. paranoid of train tracks to ever try the train dodge. Oh, yeah. We we went out um, last week when we were off. We went out to Epping Forest. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for those of you that, that know about this, the central line used to extend way past Epping out to Ongar, okay. and it cut through Epping Forest. Oh, right. And the tracks are still there. The track obviously ends at, oh, so or like you, the actual thing. You can go and place down by me. Well, you could do, but there's, you can't get to it. Because I was like going over there. And then like I was, we started getting towards it. And I was like, actually, what if a train comes along? My, the sensible part of, my, part of my brain is going, that line hasn't been active for 30-odd yeah. years, mate. Okay? It's not used. It's literally open tracks on top of this, this raised embankment in the middle of a forest. It's not in use. And then we got to the first, like, boggy bit between us and it, and I was like, oh, we can't get to it. What's shame. Oh, <laughs> All those adverts came flashing oh, back to yeah. me. Like, it, a lot like the Leah Betts uh, conversation <laughs> we had last week. I was put off ever going near train tracks, ever. Train tracks and fucking uh, power substations. Power substations, yeah. Because yeah, oh, apparently God. if you even put your fingers through the fence, you would die. It would kill you and your dog and your family. And everyone in your area. And I was just like, I can't, I don't fucking, I used to be scared as a kid. The one spot by me. The one by bar me. Yeah. I wouldn't touch that fence. Oh, okay. Because I, I, those adverts made it seem yeah. that like literally it was going to leap the 20 meters from the fucking, the, the, the big junction box over through two fences and a wall into that metal fence, which was right next to a public footpath and was going to kill me if I touched it. In the days before mobile phones and video games, kids, kids entertain themselves by trying to throw stones, stones into an empty tin can <laughs> and talking about tits. <laughs> I mean, now they do that, but they do it for their headsets yeah, yeah. on Fortnite. <laughs> I mean, that scene, right? They've got, by their own estimate, 20 to 30 miles to yeah. cover. Yet they still just stop randomly. I never Illegally. Got like, you are trespassing. Yeah. Why don't you just get in and then... Get out the get, other side. Get in, get the water, get yeah. out, and then find a can to throw yeah. in. I mean... Why stop in the most dangerous place in your entire journey? Also, something else occurs to me. That was a tin can. Oh, oh, oh. Red strings. Synchronicities. Synchronicities. Um, sick balls is a command I should have taught Lando. Yeah, every also, time I turn up on a Sunday. Right. There, this, this revealed a 30-year-long lie to me. Oh, what did I say? No, it's not you. It's a oh, mutual okay. friend of ours. Um, the uh, th- um, he's he's got two brothers who are still on the town, lived over in Barmead. Ah, right. He told me that in the block of flats opposite the local corner shop that we used to walk past on the way to school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was an old man in there who had a Rottweiler, and he had trained it. It was called Chopper, and he had trained it with the command, Sick Balls, Chopper! And that if he went and played Knockdown Ginger in there, he would let the dog out, and that's what he would yell. Uh, and he got us, we used to go and do it in there, just do that, and we would run out of there yelling, Sick Balls, Chopper! And I thought, well, I assumed late, in later years, he'd made that up. I now discover, no, the deception was deeper than that. Yeah. He stole it from this film. Knowing that I hadn't seen it, and just 
perpetuated this lie for like 30 odd years. Oh, wow. You say 30 odd years. When was the last time you, you ever spoke to him? I mean, him? I haven't spoken to him in probably 20 years. Yeah. But, but for, 10 years, for, ten, for 10 years, he perpetuated this lie. Finding new and preferably disgusting ways to degrade a friend's mother was always held in high regard. <laughs> Whilst I've never done it, this is something else that hasn't changed. Yeah, no, a lot of people do do that. I never found the going after people's mums thing. I, I, I didn't really. Well, unless your mum, unless everyone at school suspected your mum was a hooker, in which case it's oh, kind yeah. of fair game. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the ivory battery holder that they found in her bedside table. <laughs> your brother drilled a hole for the wall. And your brother drilled a hole for the wall to, to watch her use it. <laughs> Guys, I couldn't make this shit up. No. Um, I'm not naming names because I'm not that much of a cunt. Oh, no. Oh, that piece of paper will definitely keep the ground beef fresh in the August heat for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just I, stick I, it in your bag. You'll be fine. Stick it in your bag. It's in a piece of paper. He put tape on it. Yeah. What more do you need? I bet your little fucking food <laughs> yeah. safety alarms are going, oh. he's like, this is not how you start beef. <laughs> <laughs> that is not two to eight degrees in <laughs> the bag. <laughs> Uh, eating bleach under the sink. Is he a friend of yours? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've done that. No, I've done that. No. Oh, when are you getting a razor blade tattoo? When are we getting touching carved into our arms? We can do each other. Oh, well, I'm actually planning... And give HR tattoos. Planning to get a touching tattoo at some oh, point. Oh, God. Is it going to be the orange dildo? <laughs> Please be the orange dildo on the back of your hand. Right there. No, wait. On your index finger. Do you know the, the Oasis homage... Yes. Logo I made you do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be that, but the white bits are going to be orange. Oh. Touching orange. Yeah. Nice. But I've tasteful. I really do think we should give each other <laughs> razor blade tattoos. Uh, I, I believe my note that I have on that will answer this question. Razor blade, ta- razor blade tattoos, no thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. You ain't cutting on me. It's just it's so... I'm sure it was probably a common thing in the 50s, maybe even in the 80s, which is why it still made it into the film. Yeah. But... I'm looking at it like... It's very punk. Is that razor blade clean? <laughs> I suppose I wouldn't have to worry about any kind of infection. No, is anybody with you. Dis- You'd have sterilised that blade yeah. to, to, to an inch of its life. Not- me, I'll be like, yeah, hang on a minute, I've just got to go to the bathroom and get mine. Yeah. <laughs> just looking at it like, is that something that really happened? Like, you give each other presents out it's just to be cool, I mean... I don't think I could sit still that long. I don't think anybody's man enough in 2023 to just have somebody else cut on them with a razor blade. No, probably not. I think we'd all get triggered. <laughs> so are you volunteering to, yeah. to, to pr- disprove that? Because I've got a razor blade over here, mate. <laughs> These Keep kids, it from emergencies. I, oh, this is a good segue into this note. Oh, These Lord. kids are overly occupied with not looking like pussies. Maybe this is where I get it from. I was going to say... <laughs> There are some strong parallels here. None of them want to look like a pussy. And you're just all like, yeah, I'll do anything. We don't want to be look like a pussy. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh-huh. You can call me Chris. Chris Chambers. Chris Chambers. I'm going to call you Vern. <laughs> uh, these 12-year-olds have more subtext-laden conversations than anyone I've ever oh, yeah. met. Because even when they're having like a, a, a simple, friendly conversation, the subtext there is them expressing deep emotions and concerns about their future. And I'm like... When I was 12, I was literally just chatting about the bullshit that I'd seen on the TV. When I was 12, I was having Vern and Teddy conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I was not having Dawson and Pacey conversations. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, Geordie and, <laughs> and Chris conversations. Um, I'll be waiting on the other side, relaxing with my thoughts. 
You use your left hand or your right hand for that? <laughs> some of the, like, some of the, 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 the context of some of the jokes, yeah. they tell are way above their ears. Oh, absolutely. Way, way over my head when I first watched this yes. as like a single digit kid. Yeah. They all make, I, I like, I love the idea that obviously there was like no filter either on the kids or their elder siblings no. or indeed their parents. So they picked up on these references, but didn't really understand them. Yeah. But they knew how to use them, but didn't really know what it meant. And I, I love that. Yeah, me too. Um, would you risk a train coming across that bridge? Because that bridge doesn't look that far. Oh, absolutely. I feel like even with my my you know trained fear, my Pavlovian <laughs> fear of train tracks. I look at it a bit. Like I could probably make it over there in sixty seconds. Yeah. And if if a train comes. I'm going to know about it way, be- way before it's, like, right up behind me. Yeah. Unless I have my idiot friend on his hands and knees. Hands and knees. Listen, you told me that it was one of your one of your life goals to get a blowy on a trestle bridge uh, before a train ran us over. I didn't... I thought you meant there and then. I thought you were literally coming on to me. It's a good thing I didn't tell you about the other fantasy where you tied me to the rail tracks and then... <laughs> Twiddle my moustache, menacing me. Before sitting on my face. Um, um, <laughs> on that scene... <laughs> I said Cody was watching the film with us last yeah. night. This was on the areas where he offered commentary oh, okay. and was like, why did they take so long getting across it? Yeah. If they were so worried about the train, why he said, if that was run? me, I'd have just run across. And Amy was like, yeah, exactly. Why did they fuck about for so long? I'm like, I didn't make this film, guys. Yeah, because uh, it wouldn't have, because they needed we need a to sense of peril. be in danger at this point in the film. <laughs> Do not understand film narrative. How old are you? I mean, one of them's nine, the other one's Amy. So, <laughs> come on, my guy. <laughs> You've met them both, yeah? Apologies, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to kick you down the yeah. stairs later. And, uh, oh, God, I've done that. I, I do as well. There's nothing like extreme fat shaming to you remind, remind you this is an 80s, 80s film. 80s film. And, <clears throat> um, I mean, there are several words we won't repeat. Oh, I've got notes on them. Oh, you've got notes yeah. on them. Oh, jolly good. In which case, I'll just go... I love the little detour into Gordy's Barfarama story. Yeah, me too. It's totally unexpected because up to that point, everything is very grounded, very yeah. sensible, and it's like, this is what's happening, or this is what I heard was happening at the same time. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, here we are in this magical fantasy world where this guy drinks an entire bottle of castor oil, yeah. a raw egg, and then vomits blueberry pies over everyone. Yeah, it doesn't vomit until he's eaten five pies. Yeah, <laughs> which he doesn't eat, let's face yeah. it. He's he- just like, mush, mush done yeah. and they just take it away and it's like there's like yeah. four fifths of a pie left in that tray Cry, everyone else is eating trying to eat the cross he's not he's just he's just, like, blah, 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 blah. he's just motorboating them yeah. <laughs> um, Mayor Grundy bathed on his wife's tits some people would be into that was that an awakening for you <laughs> yeah was that like your Dean Pelton moment I was like I can vomit on command and I like tits this is a but... match made in a questionable heaven Going to Burning Man. I was going to say, there's <laughs> got to be a camp somewhere at Burning Man for that, somewhere yeah. on the player. This is why I'm so concerned uh, of like, how well the food's been kept, because if it's been kept too well, I can't bath on some can't. Toast. You can't. Oh, no, I accidentally... <laughs> I do like that, that kind of, like, because they've been giving you this whole... I don't know why, because the film would have worked just as well if we didn't know about Gordy's backstory. Gordy's backstory of, like, of a right, as being a tragic yeah. backstory. But they allude to him being a good storyteller, right? Yeah. And then you see him at the end, he's, this is the story he's telling. Yeah. But in order to give us like some an example of that, <laughs> they have him tell that story. Yeah. 
still didn't need to be in that film. No, because it doesn't really... This could have been a 60-minute film. <laughs> yeah. Anyone, the thing is, that story, anyone could have oh, come yeah. up, any 12-year-old could come up with that story. Yeah. And it's just like, the, the key thing is, everybody vomits on everybody yeah. else, because that's 12-year-old humour. Yeah. Or touching humour. <laughs> <laughs> touching, family guy, I mean, take your pick. We talked through the night, the kind of talk that seemed important until you discovered girls. <laughs> or you started a podcast. Shit, I still have those conversations now. I was going, going around the circle and I'm like, wow, this is like an episode of Touching. This is like one of the guest episodes of Touching. Yeah. Uh, and just for the record, uh, I mean, I have discovered girls and I still talk about this sort of shit yeah. now because uh, the novelty wears off. Yeah, um, there, there was there was a 10-year period where, where girls all, were more yeah. important. Then we realised girls are mostly evil. So we went back to having <laughs> our conversations. No, then I realised, actually, sex is great, but have you rewatched the uh, the All Good Things episode of Star Trek The Next Generation recently? That's some next-level shit. And then um, I went back to being a nerd. I mean, sex is good, but who would win in a fight between Mighty Mouse and Superman? Oh, Superman, obviously. But it doesn't matter because Goku would kill them both. Sex is good, but what is goofy? Uh, I looked this up. Oh, okay. Because, of course, I did. Uh, Disney officially states that he is a dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. That deer was so cute. It was. I love the fact that it's just like, oh, deer. And then it's just like, oh, wait, you're looking at me being creepy. Yeah. You got a gun. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And just scampers off. I was the stupid one for trying to give it back. No, Chris. You were the stupid one for stealing in the first Stealing place. it in the first place. You would not have got screwed over by your teacher <laughs> or in any trouble whatsoever and have got a bad reputation if you just hadn't stolen the milk money. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you then got... It doesn't matter that the teacher over. was then a dick yeah. who screwed you over. If you hadn't stolen the money in the first place, you'd be better off. So you're you're a, you're a, a you're an apologist for that teacher, yeah? Anything <laughs> else you want to become an apologist for? Yeah, the Holocaust. <laughs> Fuck me, oh, Jesus! <laughs> you go home a city bombing. Um, slavery? Is it slavery? Slavery. Uh, right. Yeah. Rishi uh, Sunak. <laughs> Boris. <laughs> Boris. Ted Bundy. Uh, if it's your first time listening, yes, we are very left-wing on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look for it. I want to see the ghost. Oh, I found me in the group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's that? I went bump in the woods. I don't know. I've got to have a look. Yeah. <laughs> I have no fear. <laughs> it's a ghost. Me, me, me. Haunt me. <laughs> possess me. Possess me, bitch. I want you inside me. Wait, what? I mean, possess me. Uh, there is no way I would trust Vern with a loaded or indeed unloaded weapon. There's no way I would trust any of them kids with a weapon. It is especially not Vern or Teddy. Especially <laughs> I would trust not Vern Teddy. with a Nerf gun. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, one twitch the wrong way and you've shot your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Between this and a Bond film where he has to burn them off with a lighter. <laughs> I was terrified of leeches as a child. I remember asking my dad... After watching that, that Bond film. Yeah, I can't like, remember which one it is. Uh, no, where he goes through it and it's like, oh, leeches. And then he has to get his, he gets his zipper well, out yeah. and burns them off. Burns them off, yeah. In here, they just like rub yeah. them off. Um, and I remember asking my dad, uh, am I going to get leeches if I go in like one of the rivers or the yeah. streams here? And he was like, no, you don't have to worry about that. I remember like every time I got, I fell in the stream and got a booty, I was terrified of leeches. <laughs> leeches on yeah. your foot. Um I wonder what it's like not to be the favourite child. Reggie, can you tell us? Oh, it's hard. Is it hard? It is, because 
get left out at Christmas. Yeah, you try and you try and live your life like it's not that important, but you're just lying to yourself. Uh, well, it must suck. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I think I'd have more PTSD from a leech on my dick than from seeing a dead body. <laughs> that would just be another awakening for you. <laughs> oh no, I kind of like that. Online, where can I buy leeches? UK. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> micro leeches for micro penis. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a niche category on Pornhub. Um, young River Phoenix looks like Jake Lloyd. Yeah. It, yeah. Know, yeah. Amy wasn't happy that I made that comparison, but I was like, it, it's a couple of scenes where he sits there and he's just. And I you're just, like, yeah, I can see I just like, you being a slave on Tatooine. Like, can you say this is pod racing yeah. for me? <laughs> Wizard! <laughs> Can you say Oh, what is it? Are you uh are you an are angel? You an angel? <laughs> uh, Shut up, slave boy. If kids smoking, fat shaming, and being homophobic wasn't enough, they've just dropped the R bomb. Yeah, that's the one I was yeah. I was alluding to because they drop it once and then it seems to be every other sentence yeah. until the end of the film. Oh, those are my kind of cars, especially the blue one. So this oh, is when yes. they're racing down and he plays chicken, but oh my god, them cars are so gorgeous. Yeah, they car, cars were cars back then. Yeah, one day you're gonna hear me have a wet dream when we cover uh, American graffiti. But until <laughs> then, you're just gonna hear me get a, a semi over them cars. I was, oh mate, I was doing it yesterday. I'd, I would, I would be a car fan these days <laughs> if we still had. If cars, cars. look like that, cars still had character. Yeah, like that. yeah. I yesterday uh, we had. The original or an original 84 Ecto 1. And then you had the good one from the female. Yeah, everyone's favourite. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, That one was knackered. It it was not in good condition. But the original, like 84, this 1954 mm Street Ambulance was fucking pristine. Yeah, I saw the pictures of it. It looked lovely. We've been in several. I've got pictures somewhere of me in one that was used on set, one of the stunt ones, and it's signed by the cast and crew. Okay. I've got pictures. In that, that's the one they held up in Water Gardens the other year. Um, and that was great. But this one has been fully restored okay. and it was pristine. It was absolutely beautiful. There's a, a market in America. I don't know if they do it in this country, <clears throat> but I only know of Americans that have got them. But you can buy basically a screen accurate DeLorean if you've got yeah. enough money. Oh, yeah, yeah. If we made enough money from our comedy duo, would you consider going out and buying a proper? 1980s XO1. Oh God, yeah. My my course, my garage. That's why I asked. <laughs> my garage would be uh, there would be a DeLorean, yeah. a modified and unmodified. Well, yeah, are you a massive fan of Back to the Future? I, I would get the unmodified one first. I'm more a fan of the DeLorean car yeah, okay. than the films. Um, an XO1, yeah. obviously. Uh, there would probably be an 18 van for when I need to <gasps> move around. Yeah. <laughs> 1989 Tim Burton Batman. Batmobile? Not a huge fan of Batman. No, but that Batmobile. That, I mean, but that Batmobile is a sexy car. It is the Batmobile. No matter yeah. what they do <laughs> uh, since that film was made, that is the Batmobile. It is, it is a very sexy car. And there would be a 1987 red Porsche 911. About a Knight Rider. I was never massively a Knight Rider no, yeah, fan. Probably would kid, be a Knight Rider just because. Do you know one of my favourite things in cars? And I'm fairly certain we've discussed this before. Is those. 70s and 80s retro futuristic 
digital dashboards. Oh, yeah, yeah. If there were a way I could buy an aftermarket one of those for every car I own, I would absolutely do it because they are fantastic. I would get in American Graffiti, there's like, I have no idea what I'm making. I'm not really. <laughs> You're not car really a person. car person, even less so than me. But this car's gorgeous. It's like a proper 50s car. It's black and it's got the really cheesy, cliched flames up the front. oh yeah i think it's the car that harrison ford drives in american graffiti yeah but it's in there anyway like i would have that <laughs> <laughs> and i would be the cheese like i would be like you don't you just don't get it this just... this was cool in the 50s <laughs> oh yeah i'd have this ridiculous like garage full of cars that i couldn't really drive yeah. i mean the ecto-1 is like 20 foot long yeah. it's obscenely large <laughs> um, um i swear after Gordy cries because he is convinced his dad hate, hates him, the way Chris looks deep into his eyes... I thought they were going to kiss. I keep expecting him to lean in and kiss him. It does look like they were going to kiss, and I was like, this feels slightly uncomfortable. I had that feeling last night when I was watching it. I was like, they're, they're, I don't remember this. That's, I don't that's Hollywood conditioning us, isn't it? Kissing. But like, it's like the way they're, they're so close, they, they're staring into each other's yeah. eyes. Today, based on that, I watched their entire relationship, and I'm like, I never had any friendships that good. They're that just close. really close friends, like that. Mm. Growing up, like I had good friends, mm. but we weren't like that close. Close on an emotional level, like yeah. that, and like the. I was emotionally, I was emotionally stunted, stunted at twelve years yeah, old. Yeah, me too. Because we live in Harlow, emotions weren't the thing that you did. But it, there is a weird love story. There like is if there? they if they kiss in that moment at the end. I buy it. That I buy it. Love it's, yeah, it's been laid film. out the whole thing. I think that's why, because you're kind of watching it and you're like, no, the next evolution of yeah. this relationship is that they kiss each other. And then you're like, these are 12 year old boys. Yeah. That's not the point of this film. No. What the fuck is going on here? <coughs> why am I, why am I just, why do I need them to kiss for this thing to make, 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 <laughs> to make, sense. To make it make sense? <laughs> um, Amy. Oh God, I am Vern. Uh, she was like, oh, she was like, oh, no, God, that would... there's several things that he did that film. And she's like, oh, that would be me. And then he, he does something else. And she's like, oh, God, I am. Oh, it's where he falls when they run off, go to run off the field. Yeah. And he falls over and she was like, oh, God, I really am Vern. <laughs> when I first started watching it last night, I was like, oh, I'd be Vern. But then I'm introspective like Gordy, <laughs> right? Overthinking everything, my <laughs> <laughs> convinced my dad hates me. Yeah. Or hated me. It doesn't take much convincing, mate. I'm convinced your dad hated you too. <laughs> Damn them gay vibes. <laughs> Digital those gay vibes and the fact that you weren't the favourite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was a black sheep. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, I was never any mentally, mentally stable, so I was a bit teddy. <laughs> but I was also a rebel, so I was a bit Chris. <laughs> Rebel smoked at an early age. I'm like, I'm just like my entire personality is just a, a quarter of each of these kids. I was just gaudy. I haven't really changed that much. No. I'm just the, the nerdy, quiet kid. Um, I miss the days of being young and stupid enough to have car races with my friends on the road. I miss the days of you being. I miss the days of you being young and stupid enough that I could ride shotgun in your car while you did stupid things i did stupid things yeah. I'm, I'm racing people home from nights out and <laughs> driving on people's front gardens driving on front gardens racing people down country lanes uh, and at the time i was like yeah let's go boy now i'm sort of like oh god i'm gonna die <laughs> yeah i don't do that anymore oh i just dropped 
drop the f bomb. Yes, he yeah. does. Like every every now and then, you're like, "Ah, oh, this film's all right," and then you get reminded, "Boom, it's an eighties film." It's an eighties film because yeah, it doesn't represent modern cultures or, <laughs> oh, or anything. No, and everyone's an f bomb or an r bomb. Uh, Ace and his cronies think they're bad boys because they think they can intimidate some twelve-year-olds. They ain't cool or bad boys. They're just insecure bullies. There was there was a couple of people in my area growing up who were spot on. They were exactly the same as Ace. Would I know who they were? Uh, would they have gone to so. No, they went to they went to Abbott's World. Oh, yeah, but would they have gone to Passmore's? I, I don't think they did. I think one of them went to a young offenders institution. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, they, and they behaved exactly like Ace. I remember having a couple of run-ins with them, um, and they were just violent sociopaths who just bullied kids significantly younger than them. See, I was all right. In my early, early years, I hung out with all the kids, like, on my estate, and mm. everyone was kind of – it was kind of like – Oh, these were just – these are older kids. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, even the older kids were quite nice, like Lil Smithy's big brother. Oh, okay. Like – Everyone in our little group was kind of nice. There were a couple <laughs> of kids that my parents were like, don't hang out with them, but <laughs> they weren't really bad. They just yeah. had a bad reputation. But they weren't bad to any of us because they were part of our group. Yeah. Got a little bit older into my early 10 years. <laughs> and I was friends with the man from Del Mono. <laughs> so I may have unwittingly... <laughs> Downgraded your friendship. <laughs> no, we kind of uh, been like the... The right hand man to Ace, or the guy way in the background that didn't really want to be part of it. But yeah, there were some kids that got bullied by him that I was just like, I don't, I'm joining because I don't want to get bullied. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, suck my fat one, yeah. you cheap dime store hood. I love that. Uh, the insults in this film, when when they're not cheaping out with the F and R bombs, yeah. are incredible. Yeah, and after the bit afterwards, he was like, suck my fat one. Who told you Who told that? Who you got a fat one? Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> line I would three, have written... in four counties. Yeah, the line I would have written would have been the leech. But he comes with biggest in four counties, and I'm like, yeah, that is a, that, that, a that's child a good thing one, to yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and this is the note that I had to add in before we started recording because I forgot to write it. Okay. They missed a trick by not letting Gordy get his hat back at the end of the film when he has the gun. Yes, a lot of people online are really, really hung up on that because what was the what was the point of having this really emotional beat early in the film? Yeah, where his dead brother gives him a, a hat, and then it the bully still a throwaway hat. line. Yeah, that would become a major. There should be a major thing. What you want in that scene is for the guy, for the older brother, Chris's old brother, yeah. whatever his name, Bible, to be turn up wearing the hat, and then as they're going. Gordy just turns the gun on him and says, give me my fucking hat or give me my hat. And then he throws the hat yeah. to him before they disappear. And then you're like, now you've won. You've, yeah. You've Rounded overcome. It all out. Yeah. yeah. They really, really missed the trick by him not getting that hat back at the Yeah. Because I don't, I don't see why they would include it earlier it in the like film. It seems like a waste. Because it's like, yeah, you give that, that emotional weight. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, no, he suffered this, this there emotional wound. There are other ways to show that those two are, two are bullies without him having to steal the hat you got from your dead brother. Yeah. If you're not going to find a way to get it back. So, yeah. Doesn't... And there's a perfect moment. They don't. They just need to, to write round it out. three more lines into the film, and then you have this massive... Apparently, because there are a lot of people going in on this, like, why didn't you get the hat back? What happens to the hat? 
and enough people have asked Rob Reiner over the years that he came out at, at some convention the other year when he was asked about it and said, uh, no, Eyeball literally just throws it away as soon as they get around the corner because they literally didn't care and oh, they, yeah. they just, it was just you yeah. know, a joke to them. And it's like, yeah, if but, he gets it back why? at the end, then in that very opening, really creepy scene where R- Richard Dreyfus was just staring <laughs> into space, he could be wearing the hat. Could be wearing it, it could be on the back seat of the car, it could. Yeah, so, like, do you know what I mean? As a it could be on nod. the shelf at the end when he's writing his yeah. thing, just as a as a as a reference there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, someone should have told those kids visiting Harlow, especially the back roads, it's yeah. a life changing experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he did not save that document. No, and those old word processors did not auto save, buddy. So uh, anything you typed since your last fucking save point. Oh, now. Damn. You're gonna to have to regurgitate some more memories from your yep. childhood to write another book. Just like those occasions where we forget to click record. <laughs> uh, we've never done that. Have we? No, <laughs> totally not. See if you can spot the episodes we did it on, guys. Yeah. I guarantee you, you won't actually. I think there's one. I think it's one where we mention it. We did like nearly an hour, and you were like, "Shit, it's not recording." And then we went back and actually we tried to recreate a couple well, yeah. of conversations, and it didn't work. No. Uh, I've only got one last note. So. Uh, that was my last note. Okay. Uh, this film is wrapped up in all kinds of nostalgia for me. But even if I strip that away, I find it to be an entertaining coming-of-age film set in the analogue world I grew up in. It doesn't go on so long it becomes slow or arduous, and it doesn't try to be anything other than what it is. I'd give it a 7.5 without the nostalgia factor, but because it is a factor, I'm giving it an 8.5. Okay. I think, for me, as I said earlier, I had never seen this film. No, until I can't last believe night. how you, how, like, this was a perennial film for kids of our of our generation. I Apparently think. so, and I think my household was like the only household that didn't have uh, what was it, eight point five? Yeah, that didn't have this on fucking VHS taped off of ITV. My auntie's slightly older than me, like by maybe four or five years. Mm. And she lived with my nan, and we'd get shipped to my nan's a lot when I was a kid during a squad of this for a week or two at a yeah. time. So my parents could have some freedom. Um, and this was one of the films that I had on video, right? Yeah. So at six, seven, or eight, when, whenever I first saw it, I latched onto it, and then I think I taped it off TV myself. So I had a video <laughs> at my house, and that's why I watched it so many times. Uh... So maybe there was just, I came across it because of my auntie. Yeah. She recorded it off TV. Maybe it was the generation before us or slightly older people than us. Yeah, maybe. And I just got it that way. But I, I suppose, yeah, because 86 this came out. If, so. if um, our mutual friend from school <laughs> knew it enough to rip it off and convince you that there was a... Yeah. Um, I suppose if 86 this came out, which means that by what? 80, 80, yeah, 89... It would have been on on home video yeah. by ninety. It was being shown ITV. on ITV. I remember seeing adverts for it on ITV. Oh, you just never saw it. But I just never, yeah, I never saw it. So it doesn't have any nostalgia for me. Also, there's the fact that although that that was like a, it was a coming of age film, around you know, 12, 13 years old. I didn't really come of age until quite a bit later than that. I was in my mid teens, I think, before I really came of age, yeah. and that was around when I started discovering the internet and computers and stuff like that. So I didn't really... I don't know. I, I talked about it on the Goonies episode. Like, that was my childhood. Yeah. Like, 
the what I call the analog childhood. Yeah. Like I would go out in the morning and just yeah, not your analog home. childhood also extended a lot longer than mine. Yeah. Because when we got that PC, my analog childhood <laughs> yeah. ended and it became my digital childhood. Yeah, mine didn't. Because become... we're we're that generation, aren't we? Yeah. That cross that, that kind of crossed both both the mine across the border there. Like late teens, I was just like, ah. Oh. A computer, you say? Computer, you say? Before that, <laughs> I was out running around town. Like, I think I said it. I don't know which episode I said it on, but I recently sat my mum down and told her of all the shit that me and my little brother used to do. Like, we <laughs> tell her we were going to a friend's house and then go to the town park on our bikes. And I'm talking, if I'm 10, he was seven. Yeah. And the other kids out I was hanging out with and doing it with were, like, not older than me. <laughs> But we would just go off on our bikes or just go off and build camps in random bits of woods in yeah. the town. And like, we were scrubbing with some trees in it, suddenly became a camp. Yeah. <laughs> like, my childhood was a lot more like this film yeah. than a child growing up today would. Oh, gotcha. like a child growing up today could not. Actually, could Cody relate to it, do you think? Absolutely not. No screens, no... He was watching it last night, and yeah. he was just like... I think he was slightly baffled by the whole thing. Yeah. Because like, obviously, he knows that they're his sort of age, but he's just looking at it, and I can't remember what he, he, he did. Make, he did make a reference to that. It's like, why are these kids out there doing yeah. all that stuff? Where are their parents? It's like, yeah. why are their parents let them do this? I'm like, oh, it's a different time, Cody. Yeah. It was a very different time. I mean, this was, this was a different time to my different time. Yeah. It was different when I was doing this sort of shit in the 80s. It's like you didn't have kids doing this in the 90s at no. that age. But back in the 50s, you didn't see your kids for fucking days at a time. Yeah. And nobody cared because, yeah. Because no one cared. Because no one cared. <laughs> but, well, yeah. I, yeah, so I have no nostalgia for this film. I get it. I can see why it was so popular. And I think it, had I watched it when I was younger. I think it would have hit you so much. Quite, yeah, quite probably. But watching it as a 41-year-old yeah. um, with my 2023 20, eyes, even even putting on my nineteen eighties goggles yeah. to, to to watch this film as as we do when we watch films from that that time period, it hits it, not even a little differently. It hits a lot differently, and yeah, it was okay. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I probably won't I've, watch it I've again. I've ticked that. It's it's it appears on all these lists of you know a hundred films to watch before you die. Blah blah blah. I've watched it now. Awesome. I uh, it gets a seven from me because okay. Okay. I couldn't possibly give it anything more. Well. Like I said, it's it doesn't drag on. It's a short, sharp, yes, eighty-six minute film. Oh yeah, at least half a point of that is the fact yeah. that it was less than less than an hour and a half. And that's how I that's how I remember. I watched um, what well, it was in my childhood. Films were all yeah, ninety minutes. When films were films. Do you know what this reminds me of? Monster Squad. Yes, it's like Monster Squad was your standby. It was my standby. Me, yeah, because yeah. that was the film I watched alongside Goonies on repeat. Yeah. I watched, I rewatched um, Ghost in the Shell, the original oh, okay. anime version, uh, a couple of days ago. Because I've been meaning to rewatch it forever, because it's been years since I watched it. That's only like 86 minutes. Is it? Yeah. I can't say I've seen it. I was just, I was watching it and I was like, wait, this is 86? I think it might be less than that, actually. It's only like an hour and a quarter or something. All right. And I'm like, I remember it being a lot longer than this. I watched 20 minutes of the Scarlett Johansson version before turning it off because it was terrible. Yeah. I, I haven't. Uh, I watched that, and I was just like, "Yeah, if you pretend you know nothing about any of this, I can see how people might like this." But so I'm now. I've now got my hands on. There's a, there was a sequel which a lot of people didn't like. I've got that. I'm going to watch that probably tomorrow. 
And then there's like a whole bunch of spin-offs and series yeah. that are reboots of it. So I'm going to watch all of those as well. I'm going to get myself fully up to date because I've been watching, meaning to watch them for, forever. Um, and then, yeah, well, it's already on the list. But you've got, got a couple of months yet because okay. I've only just watched it. You do that and I'll go and write our stage show. Yeah, you go and write our stage show. Find what you love, believe in it. Positive things will happen. Darling, darling, stand by...